Drama City Productions presents. Immersion Rig Now Online. Welcome, Nerd. Now generating episode 73. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian, how was Combo Breaker? Combo Breaker was pretty cool. Um, it was interesting rubbing elbows with the world's top players. Now, know? explain to the people what Combo Breaker is exactly. It is um, pretty much Chicago's um, premier uh, fighting game tournament. Okay. So they'll have they have about like fifteen games playing there during the weekend. Um, the main ones usually are Tekken, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and then they use... The usual suspects, then. Yeah. Um, so how do you get into the tournament? Do you have um, to qualify, or can you buy in? I think it's buy-in, because, um, I mean, once you get there, you eliminations just start going down, down, down pretty fast, so... You can spend your own money and go there. They have, uh-huh. they have a pretty clean system, so... And there's an um, early deadline to uh, sign up for that. Now, is this something like people like come from all over the like you know country too? Um, there was people from Japan, people from wow. Canada. So it's one of the bigger ones. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm imagining that these happen across the nation. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Evo is the biggest one, I would say. Okay, and that's the one that's usually in California, and um, AEW will have a show there, oh. Fighter Fest. That's right. That's right. Um, so, how was your experience? Then? Um, I enjoyed it, you know, for the most part. Um, the, the hotel was very much not prepared for that many people. Uh, <laughs> really? Is this was, the first time they, they ran uh, the Combo Breaker, like, I'm not sure. Here? This is the first time I've ever gone to one, so okay. I'm not sure where they usually are. But they felt like they just weren't prepared. Man, credit card machines were, like, outdated and breaking constantly. Okay. And you have a bunch of millennials there, so no one's carrying cash. Yeah. That's <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> um... Man, it was like um, security was like barely watching anyone. Okay, I felt like you could easily get in there with anything you wanted if you really were trying. Oh, that uh, always makes you feel nice and safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I felt that way at um, uh, the anime convention too. I was like, I could have just walked in here with like any type of like alcohol or. Well, and two, like, okay, so with the cosplayers and everything like that, they're carrying these giant fucking, like, pretend weapons. Hopefully mm-hmm. they're pretend, but, like, is anyone, Usually like, that gets checked. Do they I know check it, like, all, um, their, all their costumes and everything? Usually that stuff gets checked at, like, um, I know my next big it one feels is like the RTX. Really easy that has a whole fast. separate checks area where they're going to check all your weapons, make sure everything Good. Goes. Okay, I'm glad. Because yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it feels like a really easy route to, like, get mm. in something, you know, that you're not supposed to have. So, um, but Combo Breaker, I mean, did, was there a lot of cosplayers there? No, it was actually pretty underwhelming for cosplay. Okay. And even, um... Uh, vendor wise, I was pretty like disappointed that it was 
so little about Avengers. It's it's mostly about the gaming experience. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but as someone who was I was there as a spectator rather than as a player, so I wasn't you know competing or fighting with anyone. Was there a lot of spectators there? Um, I I think it was maybe twenty percent spectators, and the rest was all people that were there to play. To play, yeah. You know. Okay. Um, what was the like grand prize like for winning? Like one of the games or one of the tournaments. Um, it varies from like company to company. Uh, it seems like they take some of the money that goes in from each player coming in. Okay. Um, and then the admission the, fees, basically. Yeah, and then they do additional on top of that. Like um, looking at older ones, it was like fifteen grand on top of sixty percent of the money that came in for players for first place. It's not bad. Not bad. Not no. bad. Uh, I believe um, to get in, it's 45 bucks to get into the tournament. Wow. And then I don't know how much exactly Combo Record takes out for their own you know, staff and services. But, you know, that's still a decent amount of change. I mean, this is how, like, this is what they do to make a living, these gamers, you know, that's, that's I their I still thing. can't even, like, wrap my head <laughs> around the concept of being a professional gamer well it's getting bigger david i mean uh they're building like an arena down in um austin or down in the texas area right now for like overwatch and stuff like that so it's an arena Mm -hmm. where you would go let's be honest small okay and like what would that entail like why would you need an arena to play Something you could do in your basement, like, and connect with other people. Um, esports is just... Is it just for people to watch? Yeah, people like, to watch the, like, top players of the world playing a video game. Like, is it becoming that popular for spectator sport? I guess. It, it must be growing. I mean... Yeah, I mean, um, they're building a fucking arena. They, it must yes. be. Yes. <laughs> Overwatch League has become a huge um, online sensation. Okay. You know, they're only in their second season, and they're really big. Like, Do you personally ever, like, just sit down and watch people? I mean, obviously, you just went to Combo Breaker. <laughs> but, like, do you, have you spent, like, a day just watching people play games, like, online? And, like, is that something that, like, entertains you? Yeah, it's one of my main sources of entertainment is uh, watching just Let's Players in general. So, from there, I also started watching people do fighting game tournaments and stuff like that. And that's what made me want to go... And check this out live. Now, do, at the end of the day, do I feel like I need to be there to experience it? Not really. At okay. the end, you know, um, I think the only thing that was really fun to be there for was these things called auction tournaments that I learned about this year. Okay, what the uh, hell does that entail? Now, I, I mainly stayed in the Mortal Kombat area. Um, so, that's what I was watching for the most part. Um, so, they were auctioning off a character... Like, they would auction off a character, and you'd get to play as that character in the tournament. And in, in just a, in a small one, you know, one match, um, you win or lose tournament. And okay. whoever won the tournament at the end got all the money that was auctioned to, for each character. So it was like a, like a sudden death kind of tournament? Yeah. All right. But the thing... <laughs> these guys are nuts. The amount of money that they were putting on for certain characters. Like, uh, this guy that was standing behind me, he... he Said he wasn't even very good at the game or good with these characters, and he was still like, "I just wanted to be in the tournament." He auctioned, he bet um, one hundred and sixty dollars for one character. Wow! The highest was two hundred and ten. How did he do? Did he? He, end- he lost in his second match. His second match. So he made at least one yes. match. 
It's a lot of money, though, just to play a game that you could go home. He was being very cocky. He was like, I'm just, you know, I I just wanted to spend the money. Was he trying to be a ringer or something like that? Like, oh, I'm not very good at this. (laughs) (laughs) But when, you know, you're in a tournament with Sonic Fox, you kind of understand who's going to win. I love that you said the name like I would know (laughs) who that was. I brought it up on the show before. So, okay. I don't, Christian, you know, I'm just waiting to talk. <laughs> what okay, so Sonic Fox is obviously a big gamer. He's one of the top fighting uh game players. So did you get like hobnob with any other like big gamer guys there? Like, I mean, besides Sonic Fox, Mr. Fox? Um, I mean it was cool watching combat play and watching um Scar play. Scar did end up winning um the Mortal Kombat tournament. I'm I'm throwing names, I know you don't know what I'm talking about. But it was it was From cool Lion to see these guys play. <laughs> There's a lot of people I've seen online for the last few years that I just, you know, and there, there's no like... Do you fanboy out over them? Not fully, but it was, you know, it's interesting. Don't be embarrassed. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. I did see some crazy fanboy moments when um, Ed Boon just randomly walks in. Okay, and this is, is the co-creator, yeah, co-creator of Mortal Kombat. Original Mortal Kombat. Um, now that's cool. Yeah. Okay. He was there, um, one of the, you know, Prominent developers and um, combat cast people were there. Mm-hmm. And they're just standing in the middle of the floor. Just I, I had just literally watched people play. I was like, uh, cosplayers are going to be coming out soon. I better get up, you know, get ready for um, the cosplay uh, contest. Okay. And I just, he's just standing there at the bar getting a drink. And you you just, because he, he took a picture with the title. Yeah, I just, I approached him talking title. to people. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a big crowd around though, because it didn't seem like people really noticed that they were there. So it's just like, okay, this is awesome. Then the next thing I noticed, uh, these two guys holding all their, like, the big, like, buttons. Uh, I forget what it's called at the moment. Uh, but, like, the big controllers where it's actually a joystick and the buttons. Okay. Uh, they're holding their whole setup. Drop it. <laughs> and these are, like, hundreds of dollars that they just dropped on the ground. They're like, oh, that's but- bone. Oh, and freak <laughs> out. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So has he, did he develop other, uh, besides the original Mortal Kombat, did he like move on with the series? Like did he? Yeah, he is the like head person for the new um, line of games. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's great, man. Um, And the only thing I was disappointed was there was a Doom um, cosplayer there. And you can see it on our Instagram. Um, He couldn't understand what I was saying. So I was like, yeah, take the title. And he just like posed and said, so I was like, I better just take his picture and move on. Oh, Dr. Doom. Dr. I was like, Doom I'm thinking yes. Doom, the video game. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, Dr. Doom was there. And it was a perfect recreation of the uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, no, it was character. pretty fucking badass. Yes. It uh, was. You didn't even see. He had uh, uh, light up fingers. He had smoke that would come off of him and stuff Holy like that. Holy shit, really? Yeah. He was wow. badass. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I wonder how long that fucking takes, like put together a fucking costume like that, oh, man. Because that's elaborate. Mm. Man. Smoke was yeah. coming. <laughs> that's fucking awesome, man. I guess if you're gonna go big, go big. Exactly. You know. Um, but yeah, definitely check those pictures out over at our Instagram, mm-hmm. Amazing Nerd Show, and they're also I think they're up on Facebook yes. too. So. That's also that's Christian Damon's mm. amazing. Yeah, I made sure I hunted down the top three winners of okay. the contest and got pictures. With yeah, there's some really cool like Mortal Kombat cosplay mm-hmm. and what what else was up there? I know we had Doctor Doom. There were some Street Fighter characters. Street Fighter. Like okay. Yeah. Yeah, but de- it definitely felt like it was a little light, comparatively mm-hmm. speaking, to like the anime convention. Yes, you were just at so. 
But still, you got some some nice uh, photos out of it, you know. And it sounds like you had a good time overall. Overall. All right, man. Oh, man. Everyone had Red Bull. It was nothing but Red Bull. Oh, I'm sure. All the alcoholic drinks had Red Bull in it. (laughs) So when I, you know, when, like, gaming became a big thing when Mm. I was younger, it wasn't Red Bull because Red Bull wasn't around. It was fucking Mountain Dew. No, no, that's still... Mountain Dew Dew and Doritos are still, like... Considered gamers, yes, typical food. Yeah, and that's how it was back then. Mm. But I never, because you'd get like Mountain Dew gut, where all of a sudden you just get the pain from all the sugar <laughs> and everything that would kick in. Uh, but yeah, it was Mountain Dew. That was before Red Bull. So um, it wasn't like Surge or anything like that. Surge was probably around then. Mm-hmm. You know, they started getting crazy. Like you get like Blue <laughs> Surge, and like there was like Blue Mountain Dew for a while, like different flavors. That all went to the wayside though, because it was gross. All right, man, so let's get into the news. Uh, this week, I feel like it was extremely light week. <laughs> um, we had, like, some... I mean, it wasn't even news. It was basically rumors, like, that dominated all the headlines. And then it was, like, rumor killers after, like, three or four days of, you know like, when people like doing the videos <laughs> and shit, speculating over yeah. rumors. From some random Reddit user who, like, predicted something (laughs) once in their life, you know. Um, But, yeah. So, first off, the first rumor that we had this week floating around, and once again, I underline the word rumor, was we had a strong rumor that we were going to find out who Ray's father was in Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. Um, And that would be the one and only. Spoilers, just in case, if it's still true. Han Solo. And I think you kind of mentioned that, like, that, that was a rumor going around last week, correct? Or that was a rumor that we heard in the past. Yeah. But then this week it, like, went fucking gangbusters. It was all over the place. Um, first of all, if that was true, how would you feel about that? Again, I just, I'm not interested in her family story, you know? I'm interested in the family story, but I don't need it to be Han Solo. No. You know, and I don't feel like it makes any sense or does anything for the character. So, um, but yeah, so this was a big fan, like, I guess a big rumor going around, you know, fans right away were speculating, you know, going crazy. I I feel like it really started with the, you know, photo shoot that we got from Variety, where we were seeing, was it Variety that did the, Mm -hmm. right, it was Variety. Where they, we got, the, you know, the bounty hunter, and then we got the, you know, ship and everything like that, and the one planet, and people started connecting the dots, and like, that looks like Ray's, you know, family ship um, that we saw in, you know, Last Jedi, and then all of a sudden people started coming up with a story. I know there was the one Reddit user, but it just felt like the whole thing started getting stirred up, yeah. you know, based on those photos. I can't wait for it to be Palpatine. It could be. <laughs> could it be another case of him like manipulating exactly, yeah, the metachlorines, you know, in her in her mom's bloodstream or something crazy like that. You know, they kind of covered it. They went down that path again in the uh, Vader, yeah, Vader series comic. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, it, maybe that was just kind of like an appetizer for what we're gonna get. Um, we still have no idea what Max I would is. hate that. What Matt Smith's character is going to be. No, and that was another thing that was going mm-hmm. around. People were talking about, like, because they pulled them completely. You know, so at first people were saying, oh, he's on the cutting room floor. You know, the character just didn't make it. Um, but then people were like, or are they trying to cover it up? You know, people started speculating once again. 
which we'll get about six more months of that. Hmm. Um, that I just don't know, feel like he's an actor you waste. It happens all the time, though. You know, I mean, it's not like they fuck. It's not like he's Harrison Ford or something. Though. No, but you know, I understand. Like in our circles, you know, he's a big deal. But for Disney and Star Wars, you know, I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on how big of a role it was, if they felt like it just he didn't fit, it could happen. You know, is there a possible like a possibility of it being a cover? Absolutely, but I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> It's really hard to speculate mm. on until like he's actually, you know, in at least the fucking credits at this point. Um, but yeah, so the, we basically had a rumor killer, though, after like three or four days of, like I was saying, tons of reporting on Han Solo being Ray's dad. Like, I mean, I felt like, like Nerdist had like three different videos out. Like there was just every site had multiple articles and shit. Uh, one of the creative executive producers on Star Wars um, and at Disney, obviously, um, came out and in like a tweet basically just like killed the rumor right away. Just saying that it doesn't make any sense timeline wise because part of the rumor was that basically she would have been, Han would have basically been away from Leia and she he would have fathered her like during their separation um you know but the problem is is they were only away from each other five years before force Force awakens and ray is 19 during force awakens which i didn't know her age but this you know producer like right away is like no it doesn't timeline wise guys this doesn't make any sense um so well she's not five either yes 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 (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I didn't, I also didn't realize she was 19, mm-hmm. you know, in the film. Uh, but it, I mean, it, it, I, it doesn't seem like it holds water at this point, which I'm totally fine with. I don't need Han Solo to be raised dad. I think too, like, there were, I felt like they were hinting around at something, you know, during Force Awakens, you know, with like her, like in the Millennium Falcon and like how well she knew the ship and everything. But I felt like that was also more of about her being, you know, force sensitive and everything. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, it, it it's crazy that, you know, a movie that's six months away, like just dominated the headlines <laughs> all off of fucking Reddit like users, you know. That's how important Star Wars is. It, it is. I mean, really, I'm like, uh, it's like Marvel and, you know, Star Wars. You know, are like neck and neck, where like they could totally just take over all of the headlines, you know, for a week or two, just mm. based off of you know a theory <laughs> or or hearsay. So, um, but speaking of rumors, <laughs> there was another strong rumor out there. Um, another Reddit user who has a decent track record. Um, was speculating that, or actually seemed like they had some kind of inside knowledge of uh, what the plans were for the MCU to actually introduce Deadpool, um, you know, into, you know, their films. And I guess that would have been Spider-Man 3. Um, They were saying that they would introduce the character in Spider-Man 3, which I, right off the bat, I was like, that doesn't sound right Mm -hmm. to me. Because first of all, Spider-Man 3... Spider-Man is a, a Sony property, technically. 
So I don't know why they would want to introduce him in Spider-Man 3. So, I mean, maybe as like, you know, an end credit thing. I don't, I can't imagine Deadpool and Spider-Man, like this version of Spider-Man, you know, having, you know, much in common or coexisting in a movie together. And I'm hoping that they at least complete a trilogy of him in high school. Yes, because I feel like Deadpool 2 would overtake you know, mm-hmm. that movie. And it would become more of a Deadpool movie than a Spider-Man movie. So I agree with you where I want to see, like, you know, you know, Peter get, like, the main focus of the movie. Where, it, like, Deadpool is just going to choose scenery. You know, so I, I definitely agree with that. Well, people are really... been. I mean, people have been talking about making a Spider-Man Deadpool movie for, like, the last ten years. And they've got a, I mean, they got a pretty successful comic together mm. right now. I don't necessarily want to see that, though. I mean, they can find somewhere down the line, maybe. But I feel like they're both young enough just in the movies and, mm. you know, within their film universes where I don't need to see a film just dedicate to those two, like, relationships. Especially with, like, Spider-Man. Deadpool, fine. You know, it is what it is. But, like, Peter, there's still a lot of growth that I feel like we need to see with the character and everything, and you want to see, where I I feel like Deadpool would almost stump that. You know? I I just don't feel like you need that for the character's arc right now. I'd rather be, like, a bit part down the road in, like, an Avengers film. Yes! Absolutely. Absolutely. Or just some kind of quick cameo Mm. or something. You know, if it's a cameo... Where it's just like a scene or two where they interact, then fine. But not where it's like, you know, Spider-Man, you know, guest starring. You know, it kind of, I mean, really what like Tony did in the first, you know, Spider-Man mm. movie of the MCU, Homecoming. Um, I just don't need that. So, but how the rumor was killed in this case was like, oh no, it's not Deadpool that they want to introduce in Spider-Man 3. It's Venom. Um, and it's Sony who wants Venom to be in the movie. Well, duh. Yes. Because <laughs> they know that's the money. Well, although, I mean, MCU, I mean, you know, Faki might have seen the success of Venom. Like, okay, we can cash in on that. I mean, the movie did almost make a billion dollars. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen to the archives to hear our review of Venom. It's not positive. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers. Uh, But yeah, they're talking about possibly introducing Venom into, you know, the Spider-Man universe um, and, you know, have him share screen time, you know, in Spider-Man 3 with Peter. How would you feel about I feel like I would trust the MCU writers a little bit more with the character, at least. Where, I mean, I, I don't want to see that Venom continue on. But if anyone's going to, you know, bring some justice to it, at least, I feel like the Homecoming writers and everything will do something way better, at least. Yes, I absolutely agree with that, where I would... I would definitely trust the people, you know... I still trust Tom Hardy as an actor. I do, too. And he was the only thing that made that movie, like, first... like Especially the first, like, 15 minutes of that movie. Like, like, I mean, he's the only reason I didn't leave the theater in the middle Mm -hmm. of the movie. Um, Just his natural charisma 
like kept you watching, but like everything else that was going on in the movie was just fucking hot garbage. Um, I, I definitely trust the creative minds behind, you know, the Spider-Man, you know, movies currently to, I don't know, make right what they got so wrong in the Venom movie. But at the same time, it's going to be so frustrating to me that like, oh, we could have had this the entire time. You guys could have just waited and actually done a proper like Venom origin story Mm -hmm. um, instead of, you know, giving this hot, you know, like I said, hot piece of garbage of a movie that we got a year ago, um, you know, completely destroying his origin and everything that like is the core of that character um, origin wise. And then you're going to just go ahead and introduce him in the Spider-Man universe anyway. You know, you could have just waited and, you know, just done it right Mm -hmm. in the first place. Um, So it would have been disappointing. You know, maybe it's just a thing where they needed to see that this character could work on his own before they, you know, put him out there, you know, or have him like taint Spider-Man possibly. But man, it's just ugly. Ugly. And we already had a Venom ruin, you know, a Spider-Man 3, um, you know, Sam Raimi's version at least. So I just... I wasn't uh, as mad at that one as I was. Really? Oh, I was furious. I was so hyped for that movie. I was excited for that movie at the time. And then what I saw... And there's no reason not to be excited for that movie at the time because, I mean, Spider-Man 2 was fantastic. Yes. You know, and you're hearing, oh, Sam Raimi's going to fucking get his hands on Venom. And, you know, you also have Sandman in it. I think it was one of my most disappointing movie going experiences. Like leaving that theater. <laughs> and just like after sitting mm-hmm. through that for an hour and 45 minutes, however long. Because it was if it was an hour and 45 minutes long, it was an hour and 44 minutes too, like, too long. It was just, it was... <laughs> It was abysmal. No, I trust me. I understood that it was garbage. I'm just yeah. saying, in the grand scheme of things, I enjoyed that film more than I enjoyed Venom. Oh wow! I was I, I was still upset with both films, but it, I felt way less, you know, like Ooh, that's shit rough. after Spider Man Three. You know what? I think I'm gonna have to do, I, just because I felt like I was so let down and so disappointed. <laughs> Um, now if I sat down and watched the movie now, and I probably haven't seen that movie all the way through since mm-hmm. I actually seen it in the theater, I don't know if I could say the same thing. Because I'm sure there's things I could at least find humor in. I mean, the whole fucking dance sequence yes. and everything. Um, and the performances I feel like probably are okay in that movie where, you know, I don't know. I mean, besides Tom Hardy, just you know, like I said before, his natural charisma um, you know, not knowing what movie he's in. No. Venom calls himself a loser. Oh my god. I don't want to see that Venom on Tom no. Hardy, you know? No. And Talking at least was more true to, you know, the comic book version of the mm-hmm. character. Um, you know, I mean, there was nothing remotely redeemable about, like, Eddie Brock in Spider-Man 3, you know, the Sam Raimi's version. But we could have gotten something down the line at least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. And God, Venom was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were we talking about? Oh, Venom being in Spider-Man yes. 3. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it doesn't sound like it's going to be Deadpool, which I'm fine with. But I definitely don't want to see Venom in Spider-Man 3. 
Um, I feel like there's so many other things, uh, so many other storylines that they could go, mm-hmm. you know, with. I don't know why they would make that choice. But I also feel it's, like it's money, obviously. I feel like with this Venom also being in a Spider-Man film, you have to put a lot of focus on the Venom and uh, Eddie Brock storyline to coincide. Rather, when I want with a Spider-Man film, I want it to be mostly just focusing on Spider-Man. Exactly. The entire film. Exactly. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it would be because it was such a successful film, they would feel the need, like they would almost the pressure to mm-hmm. like put a lot of focus on that character. Um, you know, and then if you're not gonna do the original origin story, what's the fucking point then? It I, whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> more comic book movie news. Uh we actually had uh an update on the new gods movie um coming out from dc um it seems like one of our favorites tom king um who wrote mr miracle mm-hmm. uh, one of our favorite books of last year is going to be helping pen the script so ava duvernay uh made the announcement on twitter earlier this week um makes sense mm-hmm. fantastic writer um, he's the only person who actually made me give a shit about the new gods. <laughs> I think I feel so, like a lot of people have said that as well. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, they're basically like DC's version of like the Asgardians to me. Like I just mm-hmm. never really cared, you know, for the new gods or the Inhumans, if you will. Um, just not my bag but like what tom king did and the way he introduced that world or reintroduced that world to me like i was like okay you know i can i could get into this um i want to know more about mr miracle um but you know so i understand why they would tap him as you know a a co-writer at least so we'll see where that goes yes i'm still nervous about that film though in general it's just a Wrinkle in Time puts such a bad taste in my mouth mm-hmm. for her as a director. <laughs> but I don't know. Do you, I mean, see, I always take that with a grain of salt, though, just because you don't know what the mm. studio, like, had, like, their involvement and, you know, how much control she really had. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. You know. Um, but, uh, so well, let's... Before we get past that, too. Okay. Uh, Tom King's Batman is going to be coming to an end. And that's something we haven't gotten to talk about lately because we haven't been reviewing Batman. We've had so much <laughs> shit to talk about. We ha- Well, we haven't been reviewing any comics for yes. that matter. So we will break that trend this week and talk some comic books. But yeah, so Tom King is leaving Batman. Was there a reason behind that? Is um, he it, leaving it? Is he shortening his run? Yes, it was supposed to be a hundred and like uh, five issue run. And now it's going to be 85 in general. It's a very uh, exact number. So he like actually mapped out 105 issues yes. of Batman. Jesus he, Christ. I, he apparently turned in the like last fifth, like where the story was going to go in the last 15 issues. Okay. And it seems that the studios are, I mean, like even went up to as far as AT&T, it seemed to not like where Batman was heading. I hate the fact that they would have that much input. Mm-hmm. You know, on the comic book side, so that's that's that's, that's rumored though, as the reason. What why was he, what was that they just didn't like the direction that he was taking Batman as they a character? Felt like it changed Batman to the core in a way, 
And I don't see how that's even remotely possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Honestly. biggest the biggest change to anything that Tom King has done was mentioning that um, Bruce had thought of suicide when he was a child. That's about it. See, I could see that, like, oh, it's too dark. But, I mean, the character's hmm. plenty dark. You know, if you dive into his history, I'm sure there's plenty issues like that that played around with those themes. So, whatever. You know, I, I you know that was my fear when uh, Disney bought Marvel was that they would really get involved on the comic book end. It doesn't seem like that's been the case, you know, besides, you know, not necessarily promoting books like X-Men or, mm-hmm. you know, Fantastic Four. Um, but I don't know if that's a Disney thing or if that's a Marvel thing. So, uh, you know, it feels like they stay out of the, you know, the comic book business, you know, the comic book side of things. Yeah. So it's disappointing to hear that AT&T would have that much control. Because, I mean, God, I mean, creators have taken Batman, you know, so many different directions. And he's still Batman at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine what the fuck he could have been doing with a character that would change him uh, that much. They probably I mean, is have... there any seeds that you see right now that um, would... I mean, right now, I mean, he's, he's deep in this battle with um, Bane. And Bane has brought, like people throughout time and history of batman together to take him on um i mean right now we just had batman get out of his nightmare sequences yeah which was like fucking eight issues of nightmares but (laughs) like if it's due to like just bad writing fine so be it but like i mean changing his character you know to the core i mean i find that hard to believe I mean, they've killed Batman before, for crying out loud. I don't know. So unless they have him, like, retire with kids or something like that, like, whatever. <laughs> and God, Christopher Nolan did that, so, right? Um, so I, I don't know what it could have been. the end of the day, it just takes another creator jumping on the book and like, okay, forget mm-hmm. all that shit, you know. But clearly now he has time to work on films and stuff like yes, that. Yes, so. right? <laughs> Especially with uh, Heroes in Crisis that we'll talk about later ending. Yeah, we'll talk about that already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, all right. Well, let's move on. Um, we got some horror news. Uh, it looks like Quiet Place 2 is getting bumped up on the schedule. Uh, they will be released on March 20th, 2020, um, instead of May 15th. So that's a two-month bump up. Hmm. Um, people are saying that it might have to do with them pushing back Sonic. So I don't know if they just had a spot on the calendar and they felt like they needed to fill it or whatnot, um, but it's definitely good news for horror movie fans. And thank God that they pushed back Sonic. Well, it makes me feel like they're actually going to take the time Mm -hmm. to, like, correct. Instead of rush it? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Because, I mean... It's going to take time, you know, to, you know, correct that fuck up. <laughs> so, and just everything that we've seen in the past, like, year or two with, like, you know, Justice League and everything like that. Mm-hmm. We see what happens when the studio rushes it. You know, you get, you know, fuckface Superman <laughs> <laughs> opening up your movie. Uh, but, yeah, so, but that's good news i'm excited for that movie you know i really want to see the for direction that they take it yes. just so that people not justice league no no i, I was <laughs> or so, that oh, sonic? sonic yes <laughs> <laughs> i was excited at one point for justice league um but then i saw the movie uh but you know yeah i am excited for <laughs> quiet place too hey man maybe sonic turns it around though you know maybe they come up with a really cool character design and you know i don't know i'm not we'll see i'm not excited i liked what i saw from jim carrey <laughs> 
I guess. You know? Whatever. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> so sticking with horror, uh, Annabelle Comes Home got its second trailer. And this was a full trailer. Don't your parents keep any creepy stuff around? You keep it all locked away in a room. It's not good for anyone to go in there. My dad says that everything in there is either haunted, cursed, or used in some ritualistic practice. What's that? The fairy man. They put coins in over the eyes of the dead so he could take their souls. What about the doll that's in there? Annabelle, she's in a case for a reason. Well, it was interesting. They introduced a new character, um, the Fairy Man. Yes, yes. I don't know. So we briefly saw the character in a jump scare scene. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't too impressed with the character <laughs> design. So looked, maybe they're showing only a, a snippet. Yeah, I don't know. It looked, I, I like, didn't have a problem with it. I like the premise of the movie mm. so far. You know, I mean, the Warrens are. Awful people for leaving a babysitter in that house. I <laughs> she mean, still sounds way too mature for a babysitter. Really? Like, sounds and looks. Like, she looks too old. Okay. How old do you feel like she looks? Like 12, 13? What? You feel like she looks like she's 12 or 13? Yeah. The babysitter does. No, no. The child. Oh, the so you're saying you feel like the daughter looks like she's too like she can old handle to herself have a babysitter. Yeah. I don't know. Does she really look, oh, 12? It's, I feel like 12, like all night if your parents are out. 12 so okay to have a babysitter at that point. Sure. 12? Yeah, I was on my own, man. <laughs> Just because your mother doesn't love you, Christian, doesn't mean <laughs> we'll talk about your neglect issues later on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Twelve. Uh, I, I'd have to see her again. I wasn't really paying attention to her <laughs> age because last time we saw her, she was younger, though, right? Yeah, but even in this trailer, she's explaining to the babysitter, like, "Hey, this is everything that's wrong with this room. Don't go in there." Uh huh. The babysitter. Well, she could know that though and be <laughs> ten. So. I mean, the Warrens are just assholes, though, for not, like, I don't know, why would you even, you'd have to have someone you really fucking trust, Mm -hmm. you know, coming into your house with that fucking room, you know, right there, and I don't know, it feels like they're just setting her up. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a horror movie for Mm -hmm. you, so, uh, but I like the fact that it looks like we're gonna get, like, this battle royal of, like, different evil spirits and demons and shit happening here. Because it feels like they're going to be introducing a lot of different mm-hmm. characters, which is kind of cool, you know. Um, you know, and they kind of set up. They talk about like Annabelle being like a beacon in the trailer for you know these different kind of like you know entities. So I think that's a cool setup. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, and I guess the Warrens are in the movie, but they're not the main focus. It's yeah. mostly about the daughter and everything. And you know, if it's developing her as a character, I mean that's awesome, and that could lead to great things. You know further down the line in like the Conjuring movies and everything. 
So, and maybe we get some other cool spinoffs, and it feels like that's usually their goal with these movies. Yeah, that seems like what they're trying but, to do. I mean, it's been working so far. Mm. I mean, The Nun made a lot of fucking money. So, I mean, whether or not it was a great movie, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but, you know, it made a lot of money, and you're gonna get a sequel for that movie, mm. so... Um, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the second Annabelle a lot. The first one was just kind of eh. So I'm actually, I don't know. I'm looking is forward it, to this. Is it at least the same team? So it's by Gary Doberman, who did uh, a, quite a few of the Conjuring verse movies. I, I think he did. He wrote all the Annabelle movies. He did the Nun, and then he also did it. So um, this is his directorial like debut, though. Oh, okay. So good hands mm-hmm. you know I, like I said I really enjoyed the sequel to Annabelle so and I loved it um, and James Wan also co-wrote this too oh, okay. so um, it's not I just a producer to, like mm, credit I imagine you'd have to have a hand in it because if it's introducing all these new characters you want to make sure and then yes but well and then it's also they're using the Warrens mm-hmm. so I'm sure he wants to have a heavy say exactly what happens with those characters you know, especially since we know we're going to get another Conjuring movie shortly. So, yeah. But, yeah, you know, uh, that comes out in less than a month, I want to say. Right? Is it Annabelle? Yeah, it's coming out June 26th. Man, that's like back-to-back weekends of fucking yes. toy movies. Because we got Child's <laughs> Play and Toy Story. Uh-huh. The toy box is going to rule the box office, goddammit. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, that's sooner than later, man. God, we're going to be in the theater like every fucking weekend yeah. till like August. <laughs> <laughs> till late August. Ooh. All right. So, uh, but so speaking of horror movies, we saw one this past weekend. Yeah, we saw a little film called Brightburn. Whatever you've done, I know there is good inside you. And now, our feature presentation. All right, so this is a movie produced by James Gunn. Uh, it's directed by David Yurvisky, um, and also written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn, um, both related to James Gunn. So a quick synopsis. Uh, what if a child from another world crash lands on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, he proved to be something far more sinister? Damn it, if a spaceship lands in my backyard, I just call the cops. <laughs> I don't go near it. There's radiation. But what if you and your wife are desperately trying to have a child and there's just a baby in There's it? a million adoption agencies <laughs> in the country. I'm just going to go to one of those. You're not going to just take the, you no. know, the spaceship baby? God, no. And call it your own? <laughs> <laughs> That's exact. This is the exact shit that would happen. You just destroyed the whole DC universe. <laughs> Sorry, the soups. whole premise. <laughs> Uh, all right, Christian, you lead off then. How did you feel about this movie? Um, I thought it was a fun movie, but at the same time, I, I didn't take it too seriously at any point. You know, um, most I think the problem was the entire trailer was the movie. You know, mm-hmm. and something that we've been talking about since we saw the trailer was that we saw way too much. Yes, and if you have not watched the trailers, you know, like, because mm-hmm. there, there was multiple, um, and you're interested in this movie... Don't watch the trailers. Yeah. Just go and see the movie. Because I, I agree with you 100%. Um, basically, we saw you know snippets of like every single death that happens in this movie during those trailers. Mm. 
Um, you know, I, I, I agree. I think the marketing I had a really big problem with, and I think it hurt the film overall, at least me as an audience member. Mm. You know, I, I think it, it really took me out of the film at times, unfortunately, because I was able to predict like, oh, I know when he dies, I know what happens to this character. <laughs> Um, I could have I could have done with a little bit more suspense too, like a little bit more build up to him, you know, becoming this murderous monster. Like I, 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 but I get it. You know, it's it's a fun thirty, like an hour thirty minute like slasher flick that they were trying to make here. Yeah, it, it was, it was a good film for me. It just wasn't a great film mm-hmm. for me. And I felt like there was so much potential for it to be a great film. It's a great concept to take, you know, the whole like you know legend of Superman and turn it on its head. You know, and turn it to a slasher film. Because that's pretty much what this movie was, was mm-hmm. a slasher film. It did not pull any punches. You know, it gave you those great, fun, creative kills that you got in slasher movies. But at the same time, I felt like it could have done that and still been a better story overall. Yeah. Um, you know, like you were saying with a Brandon, the child's arc, I felt like he just becomes evil. You know, Um and you can argue it's because the ship is forcing him to. And they don't but... tell you that, though. Like, there isn't enough. Like, I would have liked to mm-hmm. see more of a battle, you know, like an internal battle with him. Um, not just be like, oh, it's puberty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he turned 12 and now he's a dick. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it, it just felt like too easy. Where they could have really like shown us the struggle, you know, with him, and you know, and I think it would have carried more weight to see this kid go down this path, you know, you know, if we saw him as this like loving son, you know, mm-hmm. and establish that, um, we spent a lot of time with the parents, and I thought that was great, and you know, I I, I thought the performances by both actors were fantastic. Um, and even Brandon's performance was great because mm-hmm. he is, you know, pretty fucking creepy in this movie. But we just never got to see, you know, that son, that loving son yeah. to really, I don't know, almost earn, you know, that, you know, creepiness that we got later on down the, you know, line in the movie. So, I mean, that was one issue I did have. You know, I would like to see like him kind of just fall like down that path and yeah, see Because they kind of set up like too like you know he's kind of bullied he's more he's mm-hmm. awkward but even that felt like you know they just touched on it yeah, and it was very light bullying yes they like know? some kids laughed at an ant like he was too smart in class like he gave too detailed of an answer and the kids laughed at him i was like okay i was like all right man <laughs> a lot less you know a lot more have happened to other kids out there and they're not fucking you know blowing mm-hmm. people's heads off you know with heat vision so um <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, There's definitely some scenes I felt like worked really well. Um, You know, when Brandon ends up in, you know, the girl's room, I thought that was pretty effective. Um, You know, I thought the kills were great. You know, I just wish the trailer didn't show me, like, you know, the makings of those kills. Um, It's just a... The marketing for the movie, for me, was all wrong from the Mm get-go. I wish this could have been a movie that we would have just discovered the premise like halfway through the film. I think that would have been really cool. Like if they would have just introduced the movie as like a creepy, you know, kid movie, you know, which we've seen. I think people would have bought in that whole premise, you know, and then we discover, oh, they're actually doing fucking Superman. You know, they're really going down this like dark Superman path here. You know, don't have them, you know, 
don't show him like crash landing the rocket right off the mm-hmm. bat. You know, have that be a reveal like halfway through the movie. Oh, you're not adopted, you know. Oh, that's not just some weird like, you know, demon voice coming from the barn. You know, that's your spaceship, you know. And then have that like be a discovery for the whole fucking audience to be in on. No, that would have um, been better. Yes. And th- I think it would have gotten a lot more like mm-hmm. buzz around. And you would have like actually developed like a word of mouth thing. And I think the movie would have actually done, you know, better the second weekend. It did well. You know, I mean, this movie was made for $7 million, you know, and they, I mean, they got all of their money out of mm-hmm. that because it looks good. It, I mean, it's a well-made movie. No, the, um, the truck death scene is like the jaw and everything is yes. so well done. And they stuck with that too. Mm-hmm. They didn't pull away at all. I mean, they got up and close with the fucking whole, like, and it's something I've never seen before. That's great. I just wish I didn't know it was going to happen. You know, I mean, once they introduced um, the uncle, I was like, oh, well, I know what happens to you. You know, because mm-hmm. they already showed you the start of that scene in the trailer, you know, over and over again. So, um, you know, also with the um, the girl's mother, mm-hmm. you know, in the diner. We saw that, like, from the get-go, you know, in the first teaser trailer. So, I mean, the, the whole eye gag was fantastic, but we knew it was going to happen. So, and that was disappointing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they were going to do that and show us a couple deaths, fine. But then there need to be more than just a handful of deaths in the movie. And unfortunately, you know, there wasn't. But, you know, they were all, like, impactful and creative. But that's all there was. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, like, left the theater. I felt, I don't know, I left the theater feeling just, you know, not not satisfied, I want to say. You know, overall. Um, I liked the setup that they did at the end of the movie where they're kind of like almost introducing like this like oh, yeah. whole premise of like mm-hmm. a dark like Justice League out there, um, you know, with uh, Gold Ruckers uh, as like a crazy fucking like conspiracy theory mm-hmm. like newscaster, um, you know, basically introducing and reporting on all these other characters like popping up. So a witch with a special rope. Yes. Um, some undersea guy. Yes, yes, yes. So it's we're like getting like pretty... a dark Aquaman, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, a dark version of Wonder Woman, which is cool. Um, would you want to see like a sequel? Um, I mean, I would go see it for sure. I don't know if it's something I'm necessarily clamoring for, especially mm-hmm. if it's going to be the exact same as this. Yeah. Know? I, you know, and I'm wondering, like, I I really do feel like if I didn't see any of, like, this ad campaign mm-hmm. and, like, these trailers, I feel like I would be, like, you know, singing a different tune. You know, overall, like, I felt like it was well-directed. Um, I could have dealt, I could have had more suspense. I, it could have been maybe 10, 15 minutes longer. I think it was about, like, an hour and 25 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, spend some time with just, like, you know longer scenes you know of the kids stalking you know so to build up that suspense yeah. and they just a little more character development for if him. they're going to introduce a whistle element they should like pull that out a little bit more yes that was a nice callback though when mm-hmm. they when they did that in the beginning of the movie and then we had it at the end between the mom and the son i like that um you know that they pulled that out but they could have established it a little more i do agree with that because it was something like oh yeah i forgot about that you know that happened mm-hmm. at the end um, I don't know. Um, how did you feel about like the look of the character? Like when he actually goes like cloaked and he's got the cape and the, you know, 
the mask, the weird mask. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a, like, um, you know, very much what a child would put together yeah. real fast for a costume. Yeah, I did dig it. I, I mm-hmm. liked it a lot. I thought it was fucking creepy. Um, did they establish, is, is that the blanket from the spaceship? Did yes. they establish that? Okay. They okay, do show just... it wrapped around him and everything. Okay. So that's pretty cool. And I thought they did a good job too with like the voice for the, like the ship and everything like that when, you know, he's being awoken at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought those were effective scenes, you know, and pretty fucking creepy, you know, and that, that, that voice is like in his head and everything like that. But once again, I just kept on thinking, you know, this would have been better if we didn't know what that voice was coming mm-hmm. from, like well, where it was coming from. I also thought it was, a, I, I kind of wish there was a little bit of an element where there, and this is maybe over explaining, but it's like, I would have known how he's figuring out these words mm-hmm. from the ship. Like, because he just seems to like, this means this, like, I don't see any basis for it. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess if it's hardwired into him, I guess, you know, I almost go the opposite direction where I don't even need to see that. Like, I need, I want him just being haunted by that voice and I don't even need him figuring out what those words mean. Where I would almost be okay with him just like, you know, repeating those words to him in that alien language mm. and just going on the fucking killing spree. I would have been all right with. Um, but yeah, you know, I liked kind of. Uh, so they set up a scene where like there's a deputy, um, you know, um, in the house, you know, after the mom calls 911 finally. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of like stalking her. I could have, I wish that scene was longer. You know, where, like, he's showing up, like, in the window and everything like that. I thought it was a nice setup for that scene in general when the mom is on the phone with him. And he's like, I'm here. And then they show his, like, just shoes, like, dangling in the air. You know, you know that he's, like, above the fucking house. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Um, But I would have liked to see more scenes like that. You know, where, like I said, just, like, 15 minutes longer. If it was mm-hmm. 15 minutes longer, I feel like they could have, like, you know, just kind of stretched some of those scenes. I think it would meant the world to the movie. Um, so, because it, it it's a really cool premise, you know? I like that there was a, a convenient explanation for every single kill he had. You know, oh, there was just a burglar at the restaurant. Or um, there's a plane that crashed in the area. Yeah. yeah, but I like that he had to sign all his kills. Yes. You know, he had to put his little signature. Oh, they definitely symbol. played the whole, like, serial killer vibe from the beginning. When they yes. show, like, his porn collection and he has guts. Uh-huh, there. right. See, but, like, I I dug that. But at the same time, <laughs> I was like, where's that coming from? Like, it's not anything, like, because we don't really get to know no. the kid at all. Like, it just time jumps to when he's 12. Um, so that it just kind of felt, like, out of nowhere. It would have been nice if, like, in those little video packages that they do at the beginning where it's, you know, him as a baby, mm. you know, he see, you see him, like, squeeze a, a rat to death by accident uh-huh. or something. Like, you see, like, this type of sick interest growing as a child. I also liked, and this is, goes back to it being more of a reveal for the audience along with the family, when the dad establishes that they know that there's something different about the child when he talks about like he's never been sick he's never bled before Mm -hmm. you know that actually resonated with me when he brought that up i was like oh okay so they have an inkling of you know him being different so um i wish there it was more of a reveal on their end like you know like oh you know there's a spaceship in the fucking bar you know that being a bigger part of it you You bringing up the dead uh, reminded me, you know, 
there's this whole scene where, you know, the dad, you know, he's convinced at this point, you know, uh, Brandon's killed the uncle and everything. And he's going through, like, photos of Brandon before he takes him out to the woods. Mm. I was, I, at that time, I thought, you know, he's clearly, you know, in his mindset, he wants to take him out to the woods and kill him. Yes. You know, uh, but I wanted to see the dad hesitate and not do it. Mm-hmm. And then get the phone call. And Brandon can just, because he's got super hearing, can hear what the mom's saying. And then it would have been that same moment. Yeah, I think yeah. I would have liked that better. I mean, because he's still his fucking son. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I was you see glad. regret in his eyes during the like the yeah. photo moment. But then later on, he's just like... You're talking about when he's going through like the artwork and yes. stuff like that? And I think I would have wanted to see a little more of that, mm. you know, and especially like when he's in the woods and everything. I mean, he is like hesitating with the rifle a little bit, but not enough. You know, I would have liked like, to see is him this going to work type just in like, yes, that's what it felt like. I would have liked to see more like inner turmoil, mm. you know, going on, like in the car ride and everything like that. Establish that, you know, I mean, it's his fucking son, you know, even if he's a doctor, even if he found him, he's raised him for 12 years. So I feel like there'd be more of a struggle internally, you know. You need a little him. bit more Papa Kent. You know? Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> he's kind of like, no, I'm done. This kid's fucking mm-hmm. spooky. <laughs> I'm over this. Um, but yeah, because he's also like early on, you know, he's right away like, okay, there's something wrong with him. You know, like he's very quick to be like, you know, where mom is defending him to almost the very end until she realizes that she's killed. He's killed the dad. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when that's her kind of like point of right. Or no, she discovers the, uh, the notebook, the notebook because the sheriff shows up. Yeah. And that felt a little light for me, too. Like that pushed her over the edge. Like that was enough evidence because I feel like at that point she already knew, mm-hmm. you know, and she was just in denial. So. Well, I felt like I felt more of that was just a setup to you know stop him, stop the dad from dying, and have that phone call interaction yeah. where she calls the dad. Like, like I didn't feel like she gave up on him. But. Do you feel like? Do you feel like she realized what the dad was doing, taking him to the woods? No, I don't think she did. Because she that makes her almost feel like an idiot to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, yeah. As soon as I heard him say, "Yeah, I'm taking him to the woods," I'm like. Yeah, okay. and I guess they kind of like established that that you know that they like to camp and everything like that. Eh, not but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like mom should have really been you know in on that. I feel one. like even Brandon would have figured that one out. Yeah, like, yeah, he's a pretty smart kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was surprised he didn't call him out when he was in the bedroom. He's like, "Why are you in my room?" You know, what's even just like saying like, "Oh, I just wanted to apologize." Like, yeah, but you're over by the area where my bloody shirt was. You know, it's like, yeah, especially after trying to hide that shirt right mm-hmm. off the bat. He just becomes so cold of a character so quickly yes. that it's hard for me to buy in. Where if I just, I don't know, if we saw that kind of, you know, that downward spiral more, I think I I, I just, I feel like it would have been a better film, mm-hmm. honestly. So it it is what it is. And I still enjoyed it. Yes. But it just wasn't great. Like, it had so much potential. So much potential to be a really good fucking movie. Like, a really great movie. Mm. So, and, you know, maybe the, it obviously made its money back and more so over the weekend. You know, it didn't, like, do gangbusters or anything like that. But it doubled what, you know, it was made for right off the bat. So, 
I have a feeling we'll get a sequel somewhere down the line and maybe they can really just, you know, stretch the story more and elaborate more. Mm -hmm. I don't know necessarily where we go with that character at this point. Do you have him trying to take the world while all these other characters are also trying to take the world and he comes into a conflict? Does it go like Omen 3 where we get an older, you know, Brandon, (laughs) you know, know, he's, he's just really just taking over at this point? Yeah. You know, and then do we have, like, a, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, of, the idea of, like, a dark, like, Justice League is cool to me, but the, I, I just don't know how that necessarily yeah. works. I yeah. do hope that we see um, the daughter still alive. Mm-hmm. Without that, if we do get a sequel. Oh, okay. You mean the, the girl that he was obsessed yes. with? Um, yeah, the, and there, I guess there were talks of there being, like, an alternate scene with her, like, somehow, like... I don't know. This is all crazy. Where like she's supposed to be like somehow getting like a new arm or something like that, almost like establishing her as like a possible like foil oh. for him. I don't know how her getting like a new arm would made like, out of tie metal into. from his ship. I <laughs> have <laughs> no idea. I don't know. This is just in like many articles I read about. Then there was also like they were going to establish another character, like almost like a Supergirl character, to be like you know a protagonist, mm-hmm. you know, in this universe. But, you know, that never came to be. So, um, you know, I'm sure it might end up being like some kind of like Blu-ray feature, you know, extra, you know, deleted scene or something like that. If they actually shot anything for it. At that point, it just becomes like a rated R superhero film. Which I'm fine with as long as it's good, though. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it... If I'm judging this as a horror movie, though, like I have to say, like it just missed for me, you know, overall. So if you were going to, okay, so if you're going to give it a rating out of five stars as always, what would you give it? You give it a solid three. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I would give if, it. If you're in it to see a young Superman kill people, this, mm-hmm. you know, this is a good movie for it. But, yeah. Yeah. But beyond that, you're not getting too much substance. Yeah. I give it a three, but I do wonder like how much of it has to do with just the whole like marketing campaign mm-hmm. just failing this movie and, you know, them falling into like that typical trope where they just show you too much, you know, where they're just really, you know, <laughs> worried about people not showing up. So they just give you a little too much. And they need can... to find someone who hasn't seen or know anything about the movie and have them watch it. Yeah. Really? Really? You know, so, which is going to be hard to do because there was quite a fucking campaign mm. for this movie. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, check it out if you're a horror movie fan, you know, or a comic book movie fan. So, it's like a whole new, like, subgenre. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, moving on, let's talk some comic books. Yes. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If really? you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like, too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Uh, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, 
you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. All right, man. So this week we are going to be talking Avengers, which actually came out last week. Yes. Um, so this is Avengers 19, um, and it is a tie-in to War of Realms. Now, this was an interesting story. We got like completely, I did not see this coming. We're getting in a perspective of Gorilla Man out of nowhere, mm-hmm. kind of getting back to that uh, Agents of Wakanda storyline. Yes. That they brought up before. And um, it was interesting. It was interesting to see like what he's doing. Um, getting information from the Russian team. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, the bear. Uh, yes. God, what, what the hell is his Ursa name? Ursa Major. Ursa Major, yes. So he is a spy, which I wouldn't guess. No. Um, but he's not a fan of the Red Widow, and he does not trust her motives. So, you know, so I guess that's kind of his, you know, whole justification for, you know, selling out, you know, his country. Um, is kind of to protect his country at the same time because he doesn't think that she necessarily mm-hmm. has their best interests at heart either. Um, you know, so that was a huge revelation, like in the first like three pages of the book. Um, I like, I like that they're establishing, you know, this whole like Avengers worlds, you know, and what like, you know, the Black Panther is really like established in this like mm-hmm. infrastructure that he's like set up around the Avengers. I like that concept a lot. Um, you know, with you know Gorilla Man being you know head of security and you know, but then you have a whole like Agents Wakanda thing going on. Um, you've got Kazar like picking up you know Gorilla Man after their little meeting and everything like that. They're meeting know? in the middle of a zoo too. Yes, that was hilarious. They don't want to be suspicious. <laughs> So they think it's a good idea to have a meeting between a bear and a gorilla in the middle of a zoo. So, you know, uh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, it, it was, I mean, it was, I dug like getting to know the character more Mm because I don't know much about Gorilla Man and everything like that, but like it definitely added layers to him, you know, so um you know he's protecting they're they're basically getting invaded you know by the dark elves and everything like that so you know it's a frantic like situation when he's called back to avengers headquarters and you know he's had to establish like security and everything like that um but then we get the big reveal at the end of the book where we find out that he has basically brokered a deal with dracula um, and his giant fucking dog creature with yeah. that. I can't think of its name, but <laughs> um, so and it's basically so he can get from underneath the curse of the gorilla man. So um, you know, and I like that this whole book is like I don't know, but the gorilla man is you know the narrator, and we're seeing everything through his eyes, mm-hmm. and you know throughout the whole book we're getting this picture painted for us of this like desperate character. Um, you know, who kind of like, it seems like he's hiding behind jokes and everything like that. But then, you know, when you get down to the root of it, you know, it's this like truly like just cursed character mm-hmm. who's just desperate to 
you know, get away from this curse. Um, and we see how desperate he is. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was cool, you know, um, and this is for me, this is what a tie in is for, you know, like, let's go ahead, you know, yes, we've got, you know, the main event happening kind of in the peripheral, but at the same time, we can kind of focus on, you know, a single character, you know, and like, it adds so much more to when we get back to our main story, you know, that we've gotten to know this, like, you know, character now. Um, and I, it's obviously going to be, you know, playing out, you know, when we get back to that whole Dracula storyline. I thought we would take, like, a longer break for Dracula as well mm-hmm. after the end of the last story. Aaron, man, he's done a great job, though, like, mm-hmm. you know, tying Blending all these stories everything. together, you know. He's really, like, establishing just a great, like, I don't know. Just a great, like, continuity through these, you know, books mm-hmm. and these different, like, storylines, you know? It's yeah. not like the chapter ends and that's it, you know? You're it, not confused on where you are with anything. No, no, yes. And that's been something we've been having issues with a lot mm-hmm. of, like, comic writers recently. Um, so it's it's refreshing, you know, that he's, you know, playing the long game with his story. So, you know, I, so I definitely I definitely recommend this book. Yes. You know, well, check it out. Speaking of playing the long game, heading over to DC, we have Doomsday Clock number 10. All right, Christian, what were your thoughts on this? Um, You know, at first I thought, my God, I waited so long for this book and I'm reading about some random fucking actor (laughs) for about 10 pages. But once we started getting further and along and we got Dr. Manhattan's story, what was going on with him, what he was trying to do, which was reconnect to his ability to see from future to past. Um, throughout this, it, I I dug it in the end mm-hmm. when we see the importance of Superman and his continuous the, the reboots of DC's universe and how they've affected his storyline and storyline of everything, and then you have Doctor Manhattan deciding to do it himself. Yes, and then the it, so basically it establishes that it's not a multiverse; it's a metaverse. Yes. And that like the DC world is just continually like changing. Um, and he's confused by it. So he's like, okay, he's in the 30s. He's seeing the origin of Superman, you know, and he's following this other character. And that character is this vehicle to kind of show you, like, how fucked up continuity is getting mm. in a weird way. Because then he's talking to him and he realizes that something's changed, that Superman doesn't exist anymore. And this character doesn't even know who Superman is. Um, and like things have changed and now Superman's origin takes place, you know, in the fifties, um, you know, so it kind of like gets him curious and he starts fucking around with the time stream and he basically, they, they basically imply that he starts, you know, the new 52 continuity, um, down the line. Mm-hmm. So, but you, I mean, it, it's, it's, a really interesting you know way of explaining what the hell's been going on in the dc books um you know this whole idea of the metaverse um and then like superman meaning so much to like the whole time stream in general um that he's pretty much like the focal point like if his story changes basically the whole universe's you know story Mm -hmm. changes um I don't know where this is going. I don't know how it's <laughs> going to come to head, you know? Obviously, he knows that it's, you know, um, you know, there's going to be a huge confrontation 
coming at some point, you know, and they keep on alluding to that. But the question is, you know, that he asks, you know, is this his death or is this him, you know, restarting things? Because he has no memory after, you know, that confrontation between him and Superman. At the end of the book, we have Superman awakening from his coma. It almost feels like he realizes, like he knows something more. Yeah, something's um, going on. Yeah, yeah, that something is going on with him or something's changed once again. So, um, I, I don't know, man. I have no idea where the fuck this book's going. And there's two two issues left yes. now. This was issue 10. So, man. All right. <laughs> and we are so far from where this began. Yes. Like, What's yes, I like besides Doctor Manhattan, we have not seen you know Rorschach. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Adrian um, at all. You know, in the last I feel like last two or three yeah. issues, which I mean, two or three issues of this book is really like six months because <laughs> <laughs> this book was delayed. Um, you know, leading up to it. So, but man, I want to see how much of this sti- like this whole concept sticks. Mm-hmm with dc like if they really like are using this as a catalyst for something bigger down the line you know i mean i hope it does all matter i would hope so you know and i'm enjoying the story you know Mm -hmm. it's a well-crafted story it's a page turner where you're really like intrigued by every panel so um you know and the art has been great by gary frank you know Mm -hmm. i can't say enough about the art because it really does echo you know the original you know watchman series Um, which I feel like it brings a lot to this book, um, you know, and just helps tie it in. Um, so I, I really recommend this book. I really do. So this is what probably one of my favorite books of the year so far. Um, you know, but all that being said, it could shit the bat the next two issues. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just have, I literally have no clue. I could not even begin to, like, guess where they're, where they're headed mm. at this point. I mean, do you have a, any kind of theory? And where it goes i mean i'm assuming it ends with them rebooting the universe i feel like that's the only place it but all really the other end. books like we have the solicitations for the other books i can't even the solicitations are a lie damon i don't know man <laughs> i don't know i mean everything what because Snyder's they have whole, doing well they, they're not caught up yet with their own universe but do you feel like this is all happening before everything else that's going on and that kind of like streamlines the universe are they even doing that are they going to set it up where like hey you know shit changes we can at any point you know alter the timeline it depends because we see that continuities all over the place Mm. recently so depends on whatever the fuck is going on with lex yeah because he's the other big focal point of the dc universe and we don't know yeah we don't know how this book is affecting everything Mm. i loved everything with the justice society you know, seeing like, you know, just, you know, making those small changes and establishing those characters being such a major part of the continuity, which I feel like a lot of times people forget, mm-hmm. you know, how much those characters matter and everything, those golden age characters. Um, you know, I don't, man, I have no clue though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe we'll get more of those characters now, you know, after this book is over. Oh yeah, I imagine, um, I mean, I imagine the next issue has to go back to Batman or someone, mm-hmm. you know, that's dealing with stuff. Well, I'm saying the Justice Society. Though, well, yeah, I know it. you mean the Justice Society yeah. will be picked up after this. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. These next few issues have to go back to some of those characters. Yeah. That we've been seeing. Yeah, right. Especially the Barry, Ned, and the Mime. Yeah. 
So, yeah, because I, I was really, like, loving those characters. So I wonder what the hell's going on. Mm. And then they were, like, hanging out with the Joker. There's a lot. Yes. A lot to get through <laughs> in the next two issues. A lot of shit to unpack. But, all right. <laughs> I got to trust them, though. I mean, they've done a great job so far. There's also got to be some type of redemption story for the new Rorschach. Or something where he, like, comes back in some way. Because he's given up, remember? He's yeah. just quit. I have no... Yes. I spent a <laughs> lot of time with him. So... <laughs> I'll be interested to actually read this, like, collected. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much time in between ish- each issue. Um, you know, where I kind of... I have to, like, revisit the past yes. issues. Because there's months in between. So I want to read this all together. And see how the story kind of, like, unfolds. Um, but alright. Well, let's move on. Um, to our last book yes. of the week, um, we ha- went ahead and we read Heroes in Crisis, number nine? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Finishing off the series. Yes. Heroes in Crisis, number nine. Christian, I will let you go first. <laughs> um, it was a, it was an interesting departure from why everything that we've been getting with Heroes in Crisis. Um, it's, it's a wild conclusion of... Whatever the fuck is going on. Is it a wild conclusion or just like a mundane conclusion? Because it's like literally them sitting in a fucking field and just talking us through this. Well, I just and feel I like... And I don't even... I mean, I feel like the last issue set up such a... What was legitimately wild and yes. changed a whole character. And yes. then you go to the next issue and it, it doesn't make any sense for anything that was going on in the... It made pretty much issue nine just makes everything that happened in the last few issues unimportant. I don't know if it makes it unimportant, but it just, I don't know. Like, it's like, okay, so we've established that Wally has a big breakdown. Mm-hmm. He accidentally kills these other heroes. And then he goes ahead and he tries to fucking cover it up and frame two other characters, which is almost. It, I feel completely betraying who that character is and makes him almost unredeemable. He, that, that, the, the time shit, it fucking makes my head hurt mm-hmm. every time. Like, he's basically in a field about to kill himself. You've got this whole looper kind of angle going on. Um, and we've got our heroes, you know, basically crash landing in this field to stop him. Okay. And then, like, in this really convoluted, like, contrived way, they, like, convince him not to kill himself and, you know, basically turn himself in, that he is redeemable and that he does matter. Um, I don't know. But, like, the way that they did it, like, it was almost like as an afterthought. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're explaining to him how they're doing this. Like, it, it, so it just, it, it just did nothing for me. And it was really disappointing because I felt like this book was such a promising start. You know, the first four issues, I thought it was, it was a really damn good book. Um, I'm a huge fan of Tom King, as we talked about at the top of the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, I love everything he did with Mr. Miracle. You're digging everything that's going on in Batman. Um, so this was truly disappointing for me. Because I felt like there were, once again, there's so much potential in this book. 
Um, you know, I love the whole concept of these heroes, you know, having to deal with, you know, with these heroes dealing with like PTSDs, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, there are characters that are constantly in battle, at war, in conflict, you know, um, with these insane powers. It makes sense, you know, that they would need help, you know, and that these characters would be in crisis. I just, I don't understand what the whole point of the story was. Like, I, I don't think it really, in the long run, like, it, the way the book ended, I don't know what it was trying to say, you know? And that that's my, that, that's my biggest problem with it. It's like, okay, I felt like you sacrificed a character, a great character in Wally West, you know, once again. And I feel like a lot of people are saying this now. But, like, Wally West was my Flash. Hmm. Um, it was one of my favorite characters in the DC universe, you know. So the last, you know, how many years, you know, he's been missing. So when they brought him back, it was a big deal and people were excited. But, you know, to honor him this way just makes no sense. You know, I loved everything in the beginning with him, you know, where you're establishing like this is a character who's lost his family because of all the craziness with the time stream. But then to have him basically betray his own like moral core, you know, the way he did, I just, I don't know. It, it felt unearned, you know, it felt like it was something that. I don't know. I, I understand where he was as a character mentally. I just don't see, you know, how we can get back to who that character originally was. I, I'm also afraid some writer is just going to ignore everything that just happened as well. Yes, because I feel like now fans are kind of rallying behind Wally. And I feel like DC is going to answer that. They're mm -hmm. going to like answer to the fans' demands. You know, because they want money, you know, and if, you know, Wally in his own flashbook, you know, gets people to <laughs> give them money, they're going to do that. So I could see them kind of sweeping this away and forgetting about it. Mm -hmm. So and I don't know what the long term storytelling, you know, um, was, you know, what the, the, the goal was or the focus was going to be. And maybe this is a setup for Wally to have a bigger arc or a bigger part of the DC universe. But I don't feel weird, like it needed this. Hmm, there's this weird connection that I noticed with the theme of hope mm -hmm. between this and Doomsday Clock where they kept bringing up, you know, um, this hope versus um, this negativity in the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if that if he will play a part in any way with that. You know, and I could, I could see that. Um, I just don't know if it's enough to make sense of what has happened. <laughs> you know, like... Oh, I don't think anything's going to make sense of this. Yeah, I just... It was so weak. Like, the conclusion was just so weak. Like, Harley's just there to mm. sell books, basically. Like, this didn't do anything for her character. Um, you know. I felt like a lot of things were made for laughs in this last issue as well. Yeah. And, like, one of the big things I loved out of all of this book was, you know, we're seeing, like, these heart-wrenching stories from all these other characters. And then you get to this last issue, and it's just making fun of, like... You know, like the Robin joke that's constantly going through the um, mm -hmm. issue where it's like, 
Oh, this Brahmin is this carrot guy. I did enjoy spoiler though, saying did they even talk about Mary? Because <laughs> everyone forgets that she was Robin. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did. I did enjoy that part. I will. I will. I did pop for the Robin part. I chuckled at some of them, but I, but everything else I, sucks so much that yeah. I, it just enhanced. The, you know how fun that was because I was like, okay, this is the Tom King that I love. You know, this is you know that charming storytelling style. That I did. But it didn't mesh with anything that else was going on. No, no, no. It was just a few panels of like, okay. (laughs) This is the Tom King I love and know. So, but yeah, yes, I agree. Where like, you know, I guess Harley's arc is like accepting that she needs help. You know, I, I, she comes. I feel like we've already been there with her. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, we didn't need nine issues to reestablish this. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. Like I, I liked a lot of the concepts that he introduced in the first couple issues, but then I felt like he did nothing with them. Mm-hmm. So uh, just now all these poor people are just dead. Yes, and it's just a waste of so many great characters like Arsenal. I can't get over that. You know, I mean, not only did you just destroy Wally West, but then you just fucking kill Roy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't even matter. Just, oh, God. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, and I can't believe Damien would fucking agree to go to you <laughs> therapy. Know, therapy. Yeah. I, I find that very hard to believe. Mm. That's just me. Um, but anyway. Maybe Batman just dragged them all there together. Maybe. I guess. <laughs> so we don't recommend this book. Agree? I guess, yeah. Okay, man. I know it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed a lot of this series. It's like I just... said, but I can't. It's a story overall. Can you really recommend it? To no. Um, but it's not as bad as metal. Okay, fine. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't recommend it, but it's not fine. as bad as metal. Fine. If you're going to read it, you can find elements to enjoy. It's not a complete pile of shit. <laughs> it's a nugget. Fair enough. It's a leftover nugget in the toilet bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Christian. Yes? I can't believe this, but I'm actually excited to say this. Let's talk some wrestling. Yes. Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flicks X-Ray podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and X-Ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet. Hold on, hold on. You don't get to retire here. You don't get that. Because I got to ask you a favor. in front of God and the whole world. Before AEW was a thing, before we filled this place up, it was me, it was Kenny, it was Matt, it was Nick, it was Tony. 
And I put my name on a piece of paper for our show next month in Jacksonville for Fight for the Fallen. You know what the match that I put my name down on? It was myself and a partner of my choosing. Against, against what I think is the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks. But Dustin, I don't need, I don't need a partner. I don't need, I don't need a friend. I need my older brother. As you just heard, Damon usually hates wrestling, but today... <laughs> but why do I hate wrestling, Christian? Because you love wrestling. Because I love wrestling. <laughs> so, I hate bad wrestling when it really gets down to it. But you know what? This weekend, we got good fucking wrestling. Because what was it this weekend? We had Double or Nothing, AEW's flagship first pay-per-view. That's right. That's right. And they did not disappoint. This pay-per-view was refreshing. <laughs> it was. It just it made me remember why <laughs> I'm passionate about this sport. Yes. Um, let's talk about the card. So first up in the pre-show, we got the Battle Royal. Which, what the hell were they calling it, Christian? Uh, the Casino Buy-In... Sure. <laughs> 21-man casino battle royal. All right. So right off the bat, I mean, we got to see a lot of great new talent mm-hmm. um, mixed in with some old staples. So, I mean, you got talent like Jungle Boy, um, Sean Spears. Uh, we got talent like uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, Sonny Kiss. And they're all mixed in with talent like Billy Gunn and fucking glacier <laughs> i do not know how glacier keeps on getting on these cards <laughs> uh but he does so um battle royal overall it was what it was yeah. you know they did this whole concept of you know going in i by was still suits. very confused by that yeah uh, how it, that works it felt like the timing was a little off it got a little clusterfucky you know at mm. certain points but it was still entertaining, and we I think it really showcased, you know, a lot of the new talents, you know, characters. Which, hey, that's the whole point of it, right? Um, but then we had the Joker card get pulled. And who was it? Adam Page. Adam Page. Hangman Page came out, and he ended up winning the Battle Royal um, when he tossed out MJF. I will say, I was very impressed with MJF. Hmm. Um, he hasn't really done much for me on like being elite. He kind of is just there and I actually get annoyed with his character <laughs> and I guess that's the point. Uh-huh. But he just felt really like cheesy but like 
he impressed me throughout this whole like pay-per-view we'll you know get into his other segment later but i i i feel like this did a lot to establish mm. him as like one of the top heels you know of the company oh, absolutely so. uh, you know i didn't realize he's he's in the hallway with samoa joe and samoa joe pushes him remember when uh he's going down He's got the security guards on his side, and one security guard starts to get in front of him, and he immediately knocks him back. When, I think this was back in NXT days. No, no, I would guess. Okay. That was, I mean, that was MGM. <laughs> I love that you're, like, talking about a backstage segment, like, I should know which one you're talking we about. We both liked that moment back then. Did we? Yes. And that was him in it? Yeah. <laughs> was he under contract with WWE? No, I point? think he was just there as, you know. Just an extra? Extra. Okay. All right. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so Adam Page won. Um, hmm. I think that makes sense for you know your first battle royal to be the like, not the thirty spot, but the final guy to be the winner. Yes. No, and I think we kind of saw that going. We were kind. There was a lot of speculation that it might actually be um, John Moxley, mm-hmm. you know, aka Dean Ambrose in the spot. Um, I think someone else called that it was probably going to be Hangman Page. I don't it, know who it was. Me. <laughs> <laughs> It just makes sense. Yes. So for the character and everything like that. And, you know, I feel like he's the future of the company and they've got like big things for him in store. So I'm excited that they signed Luchasaurus after this. I thought he did awesome in this. Yes. Yes. What a fucking character, right? <laughs> yes. That's a badass mask. <laughs> it is, right? Um, but yeah, I thought Jungle Boy was impressive mm-hmm. too. So, um, and good for Billy Gunn being out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember him getting eliminated. Uh, me neither. <laughs> I, I think I enjoyed the Battle Royal all in mm-hmm. overall more. I thought it was more, it was just well put together. Gotcha. But, I mean, this was still fine. You know, Battle Royals are usually the shits. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, this, this was fun, you know. And I love, I mean, the crowd was so into it too, you know. I mean, when Paige came out, I mean, the pop that he got was just fucking insane. So, um, but yeah, moving on. Uh, we had Kip Saban versus Sammy Guevara to be the last pre-show match. It okay. was it was a good showing by both guys. Yes, I don't know either of these guys mm. at all. So I mean, I know they've been on being elite. I thought it was a good match. Um, you know, and I'm excited to see more from them. Yes. So, um, you know, but it was. I mean, for pre-shows, what hell of a fucking pre-show. Yes. You know, a lot better than what we usually get from WWE. So. <laughs> Right off the bat. Um, and it's definitely something that would make you want to buy the pay-per-view, which is was the original point of pre-shows, mm-hmm. believe it or not. <laughs> it's back in the day <laughs> when there was, you know, pay-per-views. So, um, but yeah, so then we move on to the main card. Uh, well, right before we get on to that, I think the only thing that was killing me was the announced team during the whole pre-show. Because it, uh, Jim Ross hadn't been there just yet. We, all we had was yes. Excalibur, and I'm forgetting the other gentleman's name. But... Um, I don't know. They just did not sound enthusiastic whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just it felt like two corporate guys, you know, trying to just sell you on an item. Yeah, um, I wasn't too impressed with Excalibur. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and especially once Jim Ross got out there, uh, they felt a little disjointed. It's the first time they're ever calling yes. a pay per view, um, but he just didn't feel like he had much to add to the broadcast. I'm surprised that they went with a three man team. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically, I, I don't know. Like, for me, it's all about, like, a two-man team. Like, you don't need any more than that. I mean, let those guys get chemistry together and everything like that. 
Um, and Excalibur definitely was the weak link. Yes. I, felt like. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people say that they enjoyed the announcement, but I don't know. It didn't do too much. I thought they had strong moments. It's just overall, mm-hmm. I mean, it was their first, first show together. So, um, and I just, I just don't, I feel like they need to cut the fat. You know, unfortunately that's Excalibur. I, I don't <laughs> just feel, I feel like, you know, they, he, there's not much for him mm-hmm. to do there, you know, and maybe he's just trying to find, you know, his role, but I don't know. I don't know. But right. so let's, let's, let's yes, move let's on. Start with full card. <laughs> Uh, we got SoCal, SoCal and Censored going up against... Well, before that, how did you feel about the whole intro, them, like, reenacting, being oh, lead and everything like that? That was fun. Uh-huh. I, yeah. kinda, I wouldn't mind if they continued to do stuff like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting, you know? I, I just, once, you know, they really start doing weekly TV, though, like, I'm wondering how they kind of, like, have that play into storylines and everything. Do you feel like they're going to stay like an actual cohesive like faction or do you feel like they're going to like separate? Um, I feel like they still separate more. You know, I feel like that I feel like that doesn't hurt their show either way. Mm-hmm. Like if they wanted to continue um, doing the being the elite stuff and I feel like they can still. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, it's so hard to like. Because there's such like everyone, everyone's so in the know about like them behind the scenes mm. and everything, and then to like kind of separate that from storylines and everything like that, and I, I just don't want them to go that like you know, especially with like Cody, I don't want him to become like that. I don't know that like authority figure, you know, that we get like crammed down our throat over and mm. over again in the WWE. I don't want it to become like a power struggle like right off the bat. I feel like that's like such an easy storyline. So I do have that like fear, you know, for them that they'll go that route. So I almost wish they would like put someone else like, you know, in charge or like somehow like storyline wise, like depower them. Mm-hmm. So like as they're like actively wrestling and competing that they don't have much say in what's going on in the booking and everything like that. Cause it's going to put them in like weird, you know, spots. I yeah. feel like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they angle wise. That. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm really curious about because it it's unprecedented that we have you know what like four you know active wrestlers booking the show. Yeah. You know, so um, I know they're going to have help backstage and everything. And they signed Dean Malenko this past week and everything um, as a producer. Um, so they're definitely get, surrounding themselves with great. You At know, least I don't feel minds. like they have such big egos that they're going to be just putting themselves over yes yes i'm more concerned storyline wise you know like are you going to write yourself into corners here and there you know where it logically doesn't make much sense Mm -hmm. you know um but you know we'll see what happens uh but yeah no i i liked the intro and everything like that i like they gave jim ross you know an entrance and everything you know before the show started i thought that was a cool idea um but yeah no i thought it was a good opening so So starting off, we had SoCal Uncensored going up against um, Seema, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann, uh, the Stronghearts. This is a great showing for the Stronghearts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've i never seen any of these guys wrestle before. They're super fucking smooth in the ring. Um, they bring a different style, you yes. know, to AEW. Um, and that's what I like a lot about what I saw throughout this card is all the different styles of wrestling. 
you know um you know remind me a lot of like classic ecw where you'd get like you know a strong style match a lucha match and a real technically sound match you know and then end the show with a fucking barbed wire match (laughs) yeah so that's i love that i love that whole idea of like a smorgasbord of wrestling yes so it has a little something for everyone nothing felt the same on this card no i didn't feel like i was seeing the same type of whereas like when we watch a wwe pay-per-view not to i'm not making comparisons throughout this entire thing i'm Mm -hmm. just saying you know we we constantly like oh this person can't win because this person is going to be going over because it would be two similar Uh storylines you know yes yes I definitely agree with that. So, um, but yeah, so uh, this was a good showing. I was surprised that SoCal went over here. Yes. Um, you know, I, I thought they would be establishing the strong hearts more, but it is what it is. And I guess, you know, there's a lot of fans who are like, it's their first time seeing SoCal uncensored. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is, you know, and I just, God, I've got all the respect in the world for Christopher Daniels because. God damn, that guy's been doing it for a long time. And for him to still be at the top of his game like he is, pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, so um, moving on, we had the women's Fatal 4-Way match. Yes, originally to be a triple threat match. But then we have Brandy Rhodes show up and say that she wants the match to be awesome. Yes, great surprise. I fucking popped. Mm. Um, it was revealed that Awesome Kong was also part of the match. Um, and the looks on all the other, like, opponents' faces were fucking priceless. They sold it well. So, um, you know, the crowd went ballistic for Kong. Um, I didn't hear any rumors about her being part of the show or anything like that. So it was a, a, a real surprise. Um, you know, and I don't know what her contract situation is, but I hope that she's here to stay. Mm -hmm. So, um, she just brings such a great dynamic to that, you know, division and everything. So, and she is, she's a one of a kind talent. So I was really excited. I thought the match was great though. You know, I really did. I thought it did a great job spotlighting all the different, you know, characters. I feel like I could have seen a little bit more of Nyla Rose. She got into a lot of big spots with Awesome Kong, and then we wouldn't see her for a long period of time. They did kind of disappear here mm-hmm. and there. Um, you know, I'm sure that was by design, but yeah, it felt like the camera would lose track of them too yeah. at times. And that, they, that if one thing to be critical critical about is like just the camera work here and there. Um, just it, it felt like they would like almost like lose continuity of the shot. You know, where we were following one group and then like all of a sudden we'd be on another group and we'd never go back, mm-hmm. you know, until they were in the ring. You know, it's like, okay, well, they're in the middle of this one spot and then we wouldn't see it finish. So, but that's all things that are going to get worked out, yeah. you know, in the long run. I, I love watching them trying to figure out which tube people were going to come out of each time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like they would set up for one and then the wrench come out the opposite. Yes. Each time. I was like, oh, geez. Uh, but the, you know what? Those little things are going to happen yeah. and everything. And it, it's their first, like, pay-per-view or anything television-wise. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm okay with it. I, I can forgive it. At least. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Um, were you surprised with um, Dr. Britt Baker winning? Yeah, I actually thought it might be um, Kylie Ray at this point because she had the like leap, like she was being looked at as the least, you know, to win. Yes, yes. Um, and they just throughout the match and everything, like mm. they were talking her up so much that I, I kind of was expecting her to win. 
Um, so, but I mean, whatever. It's, I mean, I don't know much about any of them, so I'm excited, you know. And like I said, man, I want to see fucking awesome Kong just dominate. <laughs> <laughs> She's so fun in the mm-hmm. ring just to watch. Um, but all right, up next we had best friends, uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta uh, go against. Um, Angelico and Jack Evans. Um, this turned out to be a beast of a match, and I really fucking enjoyed it. I'm I've never really been a huge Best Friends fan. I've never been a big fan of Tramparetta and uh, Chucky and Chuck Taylor. Mm-hmm. So this was more me getting to like uh, enjoy something that they do more. Yeah, you know, I never I I always felt like they didn't get that much time on like you know, uh, New Japan, mm-hmm. uh, match-wise. So um, every time I saw them, it seemed like they are in the middle of an angle where, like, Chucky was, like, slowly losing it. Um, but I felt like this was a good way to establish them or reestablish them for fans. Um, but uh, Angela... And how do you say his name? Um, Angelico. Angelico and Jack Evans. I was impressed with both yes. of them. Especially oh, Jack I, I didn't Evans. know shit about these guys. No! And, man... Yeah, and like Angelico's wearing this like weird reject like cane like <laughs> outfit. Like I was like, what is going on? Did you hear the crowd guy? constantly say, "Take your shirt off"? Oh, really? They didn't like it? Really? Know. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy out there was passionately chanting it. Really? Mm-hmm. They didn't like his shirt. Like the his whole like what was he wearing? The yellow with the black flame on it. Yeah, the whole reject. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. Why would that? That's cr- I did not catch that at all. <laughs> I didn't so. like the look, but I mean, I assume they're. It cool was weird, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> you know, I was I was more excited about the performance, mm. I guess. But it was kind of like you know, like a reject idea for Kane at some point. <laughs> you know, uh, Jack Evans. I mean, that guy's all charisma. You know, I mean, he really, like, owns a lot of this match. Mm-hmm. So I, I was digging him a lot. So, and I think this is a good way to establish the tag team division. You know, having these different styles, and right away we've got multiple tag team matches happening yes. here. It, it looks like we're going to actually have a tag team division that matters, Christian. Yeah. Crazy. You know? Insane, really. Establishing importance <laughs> right off the bat for a division. Um, you know, and it, like, like you were saying with the best friends, like I've only seen so much of them, but you know, after this match, I want to see more. So, um, let's move on. Uh, well, we had another tag match and that was the six woman tag match, uh, between, uh, he, between, luck. (laughs) (laughs) I I got this. I can do it. Hikaru uh, Shida, um, Ryo Abi, uh, Ryu, uh, Mizunami, they faced off against Aja Kong, um, Yuka uh, Sakazaki, and Emma, Emmy Sakura. Hey, man. Six <laughs> A for effort. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese is not my first language. Now, some people were definitely critical about this match. Um, just saying it went on too long, everything like that. I didn't have a problem with this. Oh, yeah, fuck that. I could see, watch these matches all day long. Because they are beating the shit out of exactly. each other. Exactly. You know? And I, I was like, oh, okay. I, I wanted to know more about you know all the women in the ring. You know? And I thought they all kind of, once again, established their style and their you know character. So I thought it was a really well-booked match. Mm-hmm. So I um, loved all the gimmicks. I just think um, Sheeta didn't get enough uh, play. 
Okay. You know, she's the one that they actually do have signed, and she had the least amount in the match. Yeah, but maybe that was a choice by her, like, trying to get the others over. Probably. Since she already has the contract. So, and I don't know how, like, if there are talks with everyone else, but, you know, I I, I thought if the... I would like to see them sign the rest of them, mm. and I feel like that would really help your women's division right off the bat. So they supposedly have something like fifty wrestlers under contract currently, mm. which is crazy because I feel like that they're they're not all announced. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I thought yeah, if we're gonna get shit like this, you know, I, I'm excited. No, I, I'm sorry if I butcher this again. If we see more Soshi women, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, no. They actually do have an event that's going to be going on the exact same time as um, the uh, Super Showdown show. Um, the Japanese women will have an event oh. <laughs> that they're advertising pretty hard well, for. Well, that's, that's a fucking good uh, mm-hmm. alternative, So, because I won't be watching the Super Showdown <laughs> show. We will not be covering that no. once again. Um, but yeah, no, I, I man, I want to see... Um, some one-on-one matches, though. I need yeah. some single matches, you know, next next show from AEW, though, mm-hmm. from the women's division, so. I mean, as a first show, that with a lot of people that don't know anyone that's on the show, it's it was a good way to expose as many talent as possible. And, you know, six-man tags, they're hard to do, mm-hmm. so I, I thought they really pulled it off, you know. I think it just was hard for people just because they didn't know all the talent, so I think that was kind of, you know... One of their, I mean, really, their main critiques is based off of them not knowing. Yeah. You know, whoever. I feel is. like each person established themselves. No, I agree. I agree. Level. I think just everyone was kind of waiting for you know our three main events, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, um, which did not disappoint at all. Um, well, next up, we yeah, had starting them. Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes, the Battle Dude, of the Brothers. I'm not crying. You're crying. Yes. <laughs> this was fantastic. For me, this was actually a match of the night. So I thought this was well done. This is storytelling mm. at its height. Um, just they did such a great job, you know, building this up, you know, out of thin air, it felt like. Because, I mean, really, we I didn't know about this match until like just like three weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, just a couple promos, well done promos and everything like that. And just like, their chemistry in the ring is just undeniable. And I just the fact that, you know, they're brothers and they're willing to go that extra length, you know, I mean, it was a hard hitting match. Fucking Dustin, you know, Rhodes is so fucking talented. Mm-hmm. Gold Dust does not get enough fucking credit, you know, and it shows you what he's like unleashed and able to like, you know, like do his thing. I mean, it was really just refreshing to see him. And it seemed like he was having fun, too, yes. at the same time, even though he was bleeding to death in the fucking <laughs> ring. Um, no, I thought he could possibly pass out from this. Yes, I was Jesus getting concerned. Christ. I was... Because, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, that's like... Jesus Christ. I'm trying to think the last time I saw a fucking bloodbath like that. Probably fucking Eddie Guerrero versus JBL. They mm-hmm. had, like, a fucking... I don't know if it was a bull rope match. Um, it was like a four corners match or something like that. I think it was a bull rope match. But fucking Eddie must have hit an artery or something like that. Because if you type that, Google it right now, um, <laughs> it's disgusting. Like, he is covered head to toe in fucking blood. So, I mean, this was along those lines. Because at first I was like, 
is that his face makeup and like his face paint and then all of a sudden i was like oh no that's he's bleeding and he was i mean cody had it all over him his fucking yeah. hair was fucking dyed red after the match from everything was his brother's yeah. fucking blood um the bat was fucking just stains you know <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, just a great match, though. It wasn't just about the blood, though. It mm. was a really well-put-together match and everything, and it had everyone on the edge of their seat, and that's what you want. And it was a great story, and the way that they ended it was perfect. You know, um, you know, Cody ends up getting the pin. Um, you got both of them, like, throughout the match, just mocking each other and everything like that, you know, and one-upping each other, which I thought, you know, just told that brother's story so well you know two brothers really just competing against each other mm-hmm. um but then you know to have cody um you know basically you know w- which i really thought and they kind of were teasing this that it was going to be gold dust like last match um but for have to have cody you know want to team up you know with his brother now against the young bucks i thought that was a great touch at the end and everything like that um, you know, super emotional. Um, and that's what you want from wrestling. Absolutely. You, know, you want these different layers, you know, you want these different kinds of storylines. So I'm excited to see that match as well. Yes. No, that w- uh, that'll be a great match. It, it's good for fucking Dustin, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, he just seemed like he, throughout the entire weekend, he seemed like he was having the time of his life out there. I don't know if you saw any, any of the interviews or anything like that, but he just seemed like he was on top of the world so i, I haven't mean, seen any of the post interviews but i saw like him doing the whole dusty's favorite shirt uh-huh thing. which was just fantastic mm-hmm. it really was so um but yeah no no great match well put together um before we got to the next match uh we had the unveiling of the aw world title Yes, and big surprise, Bret Hart is the one doing the unveiling. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what did you think about the look of the title? I think it's awesome. I love it. I did too. Like, there were some people, like some naysayers out there with it. Hmm. I thought it looked awesome. I, I it felt it felt kind of like the New Japan title yeah. and everything, but it looked like a fucking title. Thank God. <laughs> it didn't look like some fucking toy that exactly. you know, WWE is trying to shove down your throat. It seemed like something I could make in the WWE game in like 20 minutes. Yes. You know, you know you've got to have the logo up front. It's got to be <laughs> as big as fucking possible. It looked like a championship belt. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I thought that was great. MJF came out, interrupted, caught a great fucking promo, mm. felt natural. The guy's 23 years old. And to be as good as he is on the MGF is 23? Yes. Oh, jeez. To be as good as he is. Yeah, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Um, To be as good as he is on on the mic at this stage of the game. I mean, I can't even imagine where Mm. he's going to be at in a couple years. So I was really impressed with him. You know, to stand there in that big of a moment and everything like that. And just own, you know, the, the whole fucking segment. Um... I thought it was a great way to introduce the belt. Yes. You know, but at the same time, establish MJF as one of your bigger heels. So the whole line with, oh, Brett, there's a fan. You know, watch out. Uh-huh. That, that was that was awesome. That was awesome shit. So, um, but he got the right kind of heat from it. So I, I dug it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like the belt and everything, even though we didn't really get to see it. <laughs> if Brett forgot where the hard camera was, yes. it seemed like. <laughs> um, but they did show it later on on social mm. media and everything. 
So, um, but they yeah. apparently forgot to get professional photos of the actual title. Oh, really? Yes. That's... So that's why they've only been showing just the ones in Brett's hands, or if it's in someone's hands. That's funny. It's the little <laughs> things, though. Yeah, that shit's but... gonna happen, you know. At first, so. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I want to see the rest of the titles too. Mm-hmm. I wonder when they go ahead and like, you know, bring those out. And I wonder what belts we get. You know, I mean, obviously we're going to get tag titles. Mm-hmm. Obviously we're going to get a women's belt. Um, do you feel like we'll get a secondary title? Um, I'm assuming so. Especially if they have 50 people under their belt yeah. at this point. Like maybe like a North American title mm-hmm. or something like that. Um you know, something, because kind of, a North American belt that was like a, an NWA kind of staple. Mm-hmm. So it, it and it'd be like interesting it to sense. see if they have end, the NWA title show up in AEW just to have like matches every once in a while. I'm time. sure they will. I feel like they've got a good, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, relationship with like Billy Corgan. So I could see that happening, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see more crossovers. Hopefully they've established, you know, relationship with ROH and, you know, um, New Japan sooner mm-hmm. than later. I don't know why they wouldn't. And I'm sure, like, if they get as hot as I think they're going to get, New Japan and ROH will be knocking on their door. Yeah. So, all right. So let's move on. Uh, next, we had the Young Bucks going up against the Lucha Brothers. All right, man. What were your thoughts on this match? I, I mean, what is there not to be expected with the Lucha Brothers going up against the Young Bucks? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was worried about ring rust, though, for the Young Bucks, because they haven't really been wrestling for the last, like, four or five months. They've so, been doing, like, indie shows and not stuff. Not really. Now. They've said it themselves, though. They, like, they are road warriors, man. I mean, no pun intended, but mm. they've, like, they're used to wrestling every fucking weekend. They're, they were not at that point. So it's hard to just jump back in the ring like that. So, but, I mean, they've put on fucking one hell of a show. <laughs> it shows you how good they are. Mm. So um, this did not disappoint whatsoever. You know, I want more Lucha Brothers. I don't know what kind of contract they're under. Like, I know it's part-time. I just hope they're they're a focal point of the show. It seems like they're going to be, though. Okay. I can't, I'm still hoping that we get more Pentagon on his own as well. Yes. I love that the crowd was completely behind uh, doing the chant and everything. Yes, yes. Before even the match started, like he didn't have to prompt them. He they just started going. It was a it's a great fucking crowd mm-hmm. though. That's a great crowd. I feel like they're going to be getting those kind of fucking crowds, you know, wherever they go. At least for the first couple months, mm-hmm. which is will really help the product um, overall. So because I mean, you see that presentation, you see that crowd like so behind the wrestlers. That's going to turn you on as like a new fan. Like, what's this about? So, um, and it, it, they definitely have some kind of agreement with AAA right now. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I was shocked see, to see um, the Lucha Brothers lose, though. I, which tells me, I'm, you know, I was shocked too, but that tells me that they've got more story, you know, in store down the line, you know, because I know they're in some kind of six man tag match. Against the Lucha Brothers, um, in one of the upcoming. I think events. at Fighter Fest. Yes, I think. Oh, it was supposed to be uh, the Lucha Brothers and Pac. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then I don't know if he's now off that card. Yeah, because uh, it shows the Lucha Brothers, but with a blank person. Okay, so we'll see who they plug in there. 
Um, you know, which is unfortunate because mm. couldn't imagine that because it was going to be the Bucks and Kenny, right? Yeah. God damn, that would have been one hell of a match. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, yeah, so it's going to be tough replacing Buck mm. in that, but I'm sure they'll figure something out. All right, so last but not least, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Um, I enjoyed this match. It definitely was not the perfect match, though. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's definitely the lesser of the two matches that they've had so far. Um, there's definitely some little botches here and there. Um, you know, but overall, it was a good match still. I mean, Kenny fucking basically breaking his nose right <laughs> off the bat and having to wrestle. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I love Jericho. That that entrance was just phenomenal. Yes. It really was. And I guess that was Cody's. Cody's idea. Oh, okay. So he put together that whole entrance. And, oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Oh, Cody's, Cody's smashing fucking, the throne. What did you think about that? So Cody comes out. You know, there's a throne that just happens to be there. And mm. it's very Triple H. You know, there's no doubt what they're referencing with that throne. He looks at it. Walks down to the ring. Um, and this is where the camera work I thought was a little lackluster because they actually we see Brandy going underneath the apron and grabbing you know that the sledgehammer. Hmm. Um, I feel like that's something that should just been a reveal where she has the sledgehammer in the hands. I feel like that would have been the better shot. Um, but yeah, she hands him a fucking sledgehammer and he goes and he takes out the throne. I enjoy it. I th- I thought that was a good use of especially since it was such a small um, stage to ring. Like it was a very small ramp. It gave you way more like. Build mm-hmm. up to towards the match and everything. Okay, and it went with the message that he was going for. You know, I'm going to kill the Attitude Era, and we're starting a new era in general. Yeah, I I like the moment. I thought the moment was good. I just don't want to see too many moments like that. No, I agree. It, it I don't need them constantly referencing. WWE. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like then you kind of start becoming mm-hmm. a little bush like where like you're constantly like. You're saying you're not competing with them, but then if you keep on referencing them, you're kind of competing with them, or you want to be competing with them, you know? So I'd rather have them just focus on themselves. Um, I was okay. I popped for the moment. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know if I want more than this, Mm -hmm. you know, moments. You know, that's like, I I want them to put that kind of in the rear view mirror and just, you know, move on from that. It is what it is, you know? Um, I, I'm sure it was more of a, you know, a, a rain check for the whole like piss ant comment by Triple H, mm-hmm. you know, and then maybe even the way he treated dust or gold dust on his way out. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it, it is what it is, but okay. So let's talk about Jericho's fucking entrance though. I thought that was great. I mean, seeing all the different errors of Jericho and everything, mm-hmm. I loved that shit. I was like, holy crap, man. <laughs> um, but that was great. That was great. And that was put together by Cody, too. So he's really showing those, like, creative juices and everything. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, match-wise, what were your thoughts on the match? I mean, I agree a lot. It wasn't like the first match, really. But at the same time, it's still Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I didn't catch as many of the botches as... as There's just a few moments here and there, you know, where they felt a little off. Mm. Um, overall, it was a good match. Don't get me wrong. 
I think I'm, just my expectations were so high because I <laughs> love that first match yes. so much. Um, and Kenny and Jericho have just been fucking knocking it out of the fucking ballpark all year long. The last two years, really. Um, so I think I might have just been a little... My expectations might have been a little too high. I'll definitely say everything that happens afterwards overshadows the match completely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, were you surprised to see Jericho go over? Yes. Okay. Um, at this point, I was like, okay. Uh, well, when Adam Page won... My assumption was Jericho would go over. If you listen to the episode last week, Christian, I, I did predict that, right? Yes. Just yes, you did. Point that out, Christian. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yes, but especially is... when Adam Page won. Mm. It makes sense. Two, for me, what I was saying last week, though, was I don't see Jericho like wanting to lose. You want to leave that meat on the mm. bone between the two guys. So you establish that, you know, they're 1-1 now. So there's a rubber match somewhere down the line between the two. Um, you know, and I don't know if you want to necessarily rush, you know, Kenny towards that belt right off the bat. Um, so. Which was fine with me. I just, um, I think one of my problems with this card was it felt like the elite, like, squad were just kind of winning all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I did, you know, in the end, was happy that Chris Jericho came out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it just established him as a monster heel hmm. here. So, um, so yeah. What did you feel about, how did you feel about his elbow? Oh, I'm not a fan of strike um, finishers ever. Like, that's one of my big issues with Alistair Black is that it's just a kick. You know, it's one hell of a kick, though. Yeah, I don't know. You really don't like the fade to black. It's... What about switch, uh, sweet chin music? That has a lot of build up and fanfare, so I guess I'm behind it. Okay, because I was gonna say it's <laughs> totally a strike finish, but and there's know. and but it's the best so strike cre- finish ever because so. they do it in so many creative ways. It's almost like the RKO, where you're just waiting for the next big. Like, uh huh. Yeah, but still, I don't know. The just a back elbow. Mm. Even when they were doing the advertisement for it, when he was showing like the, the little gym, promo, yeah, it's like ah. I started. I was like, oh, I hope this isn't like fucking Cena's. Uh, what, what does he call it? Oh my god, it's like the Punch of Doom or oh, something. Oh god, like that. yeah, I don't know. Oh, that was the worst. So, and he still was trying to get it over. Uh, but yeah, no, I, would I thought be... it was okay. It's something different for his arsenal, mm. I guess. I'd rather be like a signature and it goes into a finisher, you know what I'm saying? I think he needs to just establish it more and build it up, Yeah, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, I, I was okay with it. I don't know if I wanted to see that be the finish of the match, though. Mm. So, which is, I guess, the whole point of the move, so. <laughs> it went along with, you know, Kenny having his face hurt yes. the match anyway. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it made sense, I guess, logically, but yeah. Um, all right, so then Jericho gets on the mic afterwards, mm-hmm. starts berating the crowd and everything, you know, being a classic heel, you know, not doing that. Because when he got the mic at first, I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't do a fucking thank you speech or something like that. I don't want to see that from him. You know, establish him as that. Oh, he did a thank heel, you speech. Just you know? not in the way that you thought. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted everyone to thank him, goddammit. So, uh, but yeah, so we got the whole speech and everything like that. And then all of a sudden we have, you know, just a ruckus happening, you know, in the crowd. And lo and behold, John Moxley is now 
part of AEW. Yes. Um, the crowd went fucking nuts. I was fucking super excited. I went nuts. <laughs> um, did did it? Because you didn't watch it right off the bat. You didn't watch no, it live. I have waited a couple days. Did it get spoiled for you? Like, oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> you couldn't avoid. Yeah. No, I was gonna that say. <laughs> I, I messaged you like Christian. Stay <laughs> off our social media. I didn't um, know when he was gonna show up, but I knew he was gonna show up in some capacity. I didn't know what was gonna happen, so it was more about the journey. See, were you that you were just a hundred percent sure that he was going to show up this the, uh, on this show? Well, no, not beforehand. I mean, like after it was spoiled. Oh, was okay, spoiled. okay, yeah. Because I, I was hopeful, but I, I thought maybe he would wait. You know, with everything, with him just leaving, you know, mm-hmm. WWE and everything, and just the fucking fanfare that he got at the end. Um, I was like, okay, I can't imagine he has to have some kind of agreement with them. Where either, you know, it's just like a spoken word, you know, no compete, you know, for 60 days or something. Um, but I guess that wasn't the case. <laughs> just <Nope>. insanity. <laughs> um, I loved everything that he did, though. Um, he was truly unhinged. Um, you know, not not the lunatic fringe, you know, Dean Ambrose. He looked like a fucking true psychopath no, in the this, ring. This um, looked like back in FCW. Yes. Yeah. Um, DDT, you know, Jericho, uh, you know, going after the fucking ref and then getting into with Kenny, you know, climbing up to the fucking poker chips, you know, hitting his fucking move and then, you know, throwing him off. You know, I thought that was, that was great. Mm. It was a great way to end the show, too. That whole visual of him standing on top of those chips. I thought that was awesome. I, so. I, I loved the moment when Kenny wakes up and starts attacking back. You know, I thought it was going to be more of just a straight beat down mm-hmm. instead of a f- actual fight in the crowd and everything. Yes, that was great because it got everyone excited, mm-hmm. you know, because then people started rooting for Kenny, you know, at a, a certain point. So I thought that was awesome. I, I thought that was smart. And it got them to where they needed to go, which was those fucking giant props, yes. poker chips up there. So, because Dean is cashing in his fucking chips, goddammit. Uh, great. Mm-hmm. Great. I mean, Dirty Deeds. I mean, it was it was, it was was a wonderful way to end the show. You know, it really was. And it just had everyone talking, everyone excited. What a well-paced card, well-booked card. Didn't need to be fucking eight hours long. No. You know? <laughs> But, I mean, everyone who spent the $50 felt like they got their money's worth, you know. So, um, I, bravo, you know. I mean, definitely, for me, so far as the event of the year, you know, hands down, you know. So, that says a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited um, to see where we're going. You know, we've we've got two shows that I know of coming up in the summer, right? Or no, three shows coming up. We got the I, announcement of All Out. Yes. You know, that's happening in I late August. I think it's September. Is it September? Yeah. Okay. And that's here in Chicago. Mm. Um and then we've got the uh Fight for the Fallen. Yes, Fight for the Fallen and then Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest. Okay. All right. So, and then we've got, you know, TV, weekly TV coming in October. Yeah. So, but we don't have a date yet, right? Um, they didn't name. They I don't think there's an exact. The date rumors. Well, the rumors Tuesday nights, but we don't oh, have an actual okay. set day for the show either. Yeah. So I'm guessing that announcement is going to come soon. You know what I love too about the event is they kind of did the New Japan thing after the show where they were doing fucking press. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. You know, 
Um, you know, they weren't in character or anything like that, but they sat there and they held court and, you know, they took tons of fucking questions and everything like the Bucks, Cody, um, Tony Khan was out there taking questions. Uh, I thought that was smart, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I love that about New Japan that they do the little press conferences. So I, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, get the message out there, you yes. know, it makes sense. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, what a great show. I mean, Absolutely. just a watershed moment in wrestling. Well, if you had to give it a star rating out of five stars. I'm going to go four and a half. All right. I agree. Four I'm going to go four and a half. Stop agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> if you say the same number as I me. Know, no, I know. Hey, man, I went three stars along with you with, for a bright bird, so I get it. <laughs> I don't know. It just worries me about my opinion when I agree with you so much. <laughs> What's wrong with me? What else is going on in the world of wrestling? Well, we found out that John Moxley is actually going to be part of New Japan also. Yeah, apparently he was doing all these promos for them. They're <laughs> having guess. video packages for yes, him. Yes, yes. Taunting Juice Robinson <laughs> and he's going to be facing off with him uh, at the end of Super Junior. Yes. So, and that's coming up in just a couple weeks. Crazy, right? Crazy. Um, people were speculating right offhand that maybe AEW and New Japan actually do have some kind of um, like, you know, agreement set yeah, in place. Still nothing but New Japan is, you know, denying that mm-hmm. right now. So, um, but I mean, that's awesome that he's out there and he can, you know, do these fucking shows. And I hope that he'd be advocating for AEW while he's out there. You know, I think he will be, and I'm sure Jericho will also be in their mm-hmm. ears. You know, since he's going to be part of Dominion in a couple weeks too. So. I feel like there's going to be some kind of agreement in place by the end of the year, at least. So, um, but you know, we'll see, you know, I hope it's not just sour grapes on New Japan's part, you know? Um, but besides that, WWE was awful again this week. (laughs) So big surprise. They promised us an announcement from Lesnar who he was going to face, um, uh, with the money in the bank contract. Um, they did this awful bit where he's turned the briefcase now into a fucking boombox. Um, you know, they took the uh, popular gif from last week and they mm. went too far with it, obviously. He was literally doing the running man in the middle of the fucking ring. Gif. Gif. Oh, did I say gif? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> gif. <laughs> gif. That was a big argument we had for a while, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> whatever uh but yes so it I, I don't know man i don't know what the fuck they're doing i mean they had him like they did this whole thing they dragged it out for two segments it started off with him in the ring with you know uh rollins and kofi and then like in the middle rollins just decides to leave he gets fed up and he's like done and brock's pissed off you know so he eventually leaves too and it's just whatever um, and then he comes out of the second hour. So obviously it's more just about the ratings, mm-hmm. you know, and he's about to name who he's going to face against. So we're basically starting off the second hour exactly how we start off the first hour. Um, but in the middle of the whole thing, for some reason, they're actually like looking at the contract and Brock realizes that it's a year long contract. <laughs> and he literally backhands Paul Heyman in the middle of the fucking segment. Um, you know, and just like is just completely stunned by the fact that this is a year long uh, contract that he has, and obviously he does not watch the product. So, uh-huh. um, 
just horrible, horrible writing. And just lying to your fans, promising them mm-hmm. something, and then not delivering once again on the WWE's part. Um, just disappointing, you know? And it just, uh, Monday, like, for me, it was just a, one of the worst Raws in a long time. So and that's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was nothing on the card that really mattered to me at all. I mean, they had the revival doing this whole horrible, like fucking barbecue, um, backstage segment that they're doing. Cause it was a holiday weekend. Yeah. So of course, you know, they've got to have a barbecue. It just, was it, was it the revival or was it the Usos? It was re- the revival and the Usos. Oh, okay. So the Usos are holding a barbecue and then the revival crashed the barbecue and they start competing against each other, fucking doing the whole playing bags. And it's just, Horrible, horrible TV. I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, the wrestling world's all on this fucking amazing buzz right now. And this is your answer, you know? Like, you know, after AEW and everything like that and seeing what could be, you're going to answer with this shit. You know, we heard all this of, oh, Vince, you know, thrives off competition. And maybe that's the case. Maybe we'll see better writing down the line, but... This definitely, you know, contradicts that statement. So um, I will say I was intrigued by the possibility of a um, team up between um, Nikki Cross and Becky Lynch, if they were to ever be in a program for the tag titles. Well, I mean, they, it seems like they're started that right mm-hmm. now. They had them face off against the Iconics to get a win. Um, yeah, I guess it's just they've made that division not matter much yeah. right now. So, and I mean, is this just their way of, you know, setting up, you know, Becky with another title so they can call her Becky two belts again? Mm. Like, is that what's happening here? Maybe. You know, I mean, as long as it leads to a program between Nikki and Becky, then I'm all in for it. But otherwise, I don't need Becky in the tag team division also, because I feel like you've got a lot of other talent Who's deserving of the spotlight, you know? So I well, Becky's making the money. I know. I, I <laughs> listen. I get it, but I just I feel like it's so unfair to the rest of the women. No, you guys, they spent so much time trying to establish, you know, the tag team division, mm-hmm. and now they don't know what the fuck to do with it. I mean, the Iconics have done nothing but jobs since they've won those fucking belts. What am I surprised? No, no, and I, no one should be surprised by anything they do right now. You know, honestly unfortunately <laughs> but it is disappointing still so um but yeah no i very lackluster i mean we're leading into the whole fucking you know super card show what the fuck super, are they calling showdown. It? super showdown we won't be covering it just out of you know respect for ourselves yes integrity you know yeah. um so which unfortunately wwe does not have any um so we will be skipping that event we'll be talking about wwe later on down the line Mm. i'm sure you know um but if they keep on putting shows on like this it won't be for long (laughs) (laughs) especially if we're going to be getting fucking weekly aew shows soon so you know it's sad to say and i hope that they pick up their game and you know we can be excited about both shows again yeah hopefully we can change the jingle because they have all the fucking talent in the world Mm -hmm. so um but yeah 
All right, man. Well, that's going to do for this week, Christian. Yes. Make sure to check out dramacityproductions.com. That's where you can find us, all of our stable mates. You can get all the podcasts that you could ever possibly need. That's right. And uh, you know what? You can find us anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. Um, and while you're there, go ahead, send us a fucking uh, rate and review. Five stars, of course, you know. Um, and then, you know, make sure you're subscribing mm-hmm. to the show. So, um, and then, you know, one place that I definitely recommend checking us out on is PodCoin. Um, it is the app that actually pays you to listen to podcasts. And you know what? You can take that digital currency and you can go ahead and you can cash it in to for your favorite charity. Or you can go ahead and get some awesome gift cards to places like Amazon, Target, and more so. That's right, Damon. If you sign up right now and you use the code NERDSHOW, you'll get 300 coins on us. That's right. Cha-ching, and you're welcome. Yes. So, uh, but you you know what? If you want to support the show, you can go ahead and pick up some awesome merch. And we've got a new place you can go to. Yes, we have Pro Wrestling Tees. Com. You can go and look up Amazing Nerd Show or Christian and Damon, and we'll pop up. That's right. Go ahead and support the show and get yourself some cool nerd swag. Yes. Um, but if you like the music you're hearing right now, Christian, where can you find that? Um, well, you can find that on DJ Brebner's um, SoundCloud account, and you can also find him on Instagram. That's right. That is DJ Greg Brebner. Yes. And then if you like the music that you heard at the top of the show, that's Them Guilty Aces, a great uh, rockabilly band based out of Chicago. they got tons of music on, on iTunes, and they also have a few videos on YouTube you can check out. Yes. I, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about Godzilla that's right king of all monsters so stay tuned and uh until then yes this is christian and this is damon that's the amazing nurture your shots are so good i'd love to shoot you sometime peter parker peter parker miss brand that's not the position i hired you for Black suit Spider-Man. Peter, these are incredible. You gotta have these, Jonah. I'll pay you the usual rate. If you want the shots, I'll take the staff job. Double the money.